We're on. Okay. So, Hosh Galden, welcome. Welcome. Uh, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And today, guys, we're talking about Sanchal Kapama 12, <laughs> which had some varied reactions when it came to the ending. But now that I've had time to sit and process it, I have thoughts, which, of course, I'll share. But um, I overall loved this episode. It was like – I said – I think I said this on Twitter when I was watching it, but I feel like this is the most – Karem we've ever seen in Sercon. And not even in a like, oh, we ship them. This is just how he is with Hande way. I just mean like him as a person. I feel like this is the most we've gotten to see of him in Sercon, um, which was just fun because it was like, you know, he's happy and lighthearted and he's smiling so much. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Um, really quick housekeeping. I don't know even know if you can call it housekeeping, but Last week, I was like, oh, I'll tell you guys about my Melo theory. And then I never actually told you guys about my Melo theory because it was early in the morning and <laughs> I forgot by the time we finished the episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember you mentioning the Melo theory. So <laughs> I that's why I didn't say anything. So, I mean, it was just something small. It was because we were talking about like his, her and Sarah Khan's relationship and how it's like really cute and sweet okay. and adorable. And I was like – you know, saying how I want to see that grow and like strengthen, you know, into more than just like they just have these cute little moments. And so my theory is when everything hits the fan, because we know that's coming, especially after this episode, mm -hmm. um, is that she'll probably – I feel like she's going to be the one that like helps him win her back or like get her or go after her. Like because she's a romantic, so she's going to be the one that is like – this is such a crappy situation, you know, and you two love each other and I'm going to help you like – I'm going to help reunite you. So that's what I think. So I think they'll, they'll like strengthen their friendship over that as sad as that, that will be. But that that's just what I think. So we'll see if that actually happens. But I just wanted to share that because I was like, yeah, I'll tell you guys at the end of the episode. And then I just never did. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, any other housekeeping for you? I don't think so. I feel like I'm a little unprepared right now, but so maybe I'll think of something. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Well, hey, we're recording when we have the little pockets of time and sometimes that means we're flustered or yeah. Yeah. So, here we go. So I'll I'll start. Um so basically we pick up at that wonderful scene we left off at. Mhm. Mm here where we have stop the cab uh I, I here's what i wrote stop the cab flip flop going crazy in my thoughts get me give me one reason and then we get that beautiful confession and he grabs her face and kisses her i wasn't thrilled with the editing of this scene i feel like it could have flowed a little nicer but we got the kiss we got the confession so what do you mean i just felt like it it was like choppy a little bit like it just ended too soon like okay um and especially when you compare it to how 11 ended it that was like a very nice like nice long flowy scene and this felt more abruptly like pieced together just personally so okay um but anyhow so then we get the part of course we didn't see last week where he's basically like 
uh, you didn't slap me, so you must not be angry. <laughs> I know. I love that. I love that. And she's like, no, I'm not angry. And they're just kind of making eyes at each other. And so he's kind of waiting. He's like, okay, well, you know, don't. what about you? Don't you have anything to say? And she's like, what? He's like, well, you know, I confessed my feelings. And she's like, uh-huh. You did what you needed to in a moment of crisis, but you can't expect me to do the same thing. Basically, like, all in good time. And he says, okay, then I'll wait for you. That's not a problem. So Edda's not quite ready to say – I don't know if this is just matter. She really just doesn't want to be pressured into saying it. She just kind of wants to tease him a little bit. Uh, I mean, it came out of nowhere. So yeah. I can't say I blame her because even if she – has fully realized that she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be like immediately. I'm I'm that way. I'm not going to immediately if somebody were to even if I had been like thinking about it, mm-hmm. if I weren't like 100% fully sure that I absolutely loved this person, I'm not going to say it. Mm-hmm. That's happened before. That happened yeah. with Eric. <laughs> he he told me he loved me first and I didn't tell him immediately mm-hmm. because I was like I'm not going to tell you something that I don't feel that I can 100% back emotionally and, like, be fully committed to that statement Mm because that's a big deal. So, you know, Serkan, she – they both had been misreading each other's signals for the last however long. So And then suddenly he's like, I'm crazy in love with you. Girl, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, you can wait. (laughs) (laughs) Because maybe she needs to, like, she even says in this episode, mm-hmm. she's like, I have to get used to this. I'm not, like, I don't know how to act around you. Yeah. Because things have been totally the opposite. So I understand why Edna didn't immediately <laughs> fess up and say, I'm crazy. Wow, I'm crazy in love with you, too. Because I think maybe she needed to. Have a little time herself to really figure out whether she could say that. And I totally get that. I Honestly, it's better as much as it – this wasn't an uncomfortable moment, obviously, because he's like, okay, no problem. I'll wait for you. And it could have been an uncomfortable moment, but better to have an uncomfortable moment than to say something you don't actually mean. Right. So I totally get that. And the way everything wound up working out, you know, was one of my wishes. So I'm like – totally happy with how everything ended up with the confession of feelings later on. Yeah, and it it ended up, you know, being like a cute theme throughout the episode. Yes. Him wanting to know and her not really being willing and it was it was cute. I agree. So then, of course, this little tiny pub- bubble has popped a little bit cuz she's like, "Oh my gosh, my plane, I have to go." <laughs> and he's like, "Listen, don't go right now. And she's like, I have to. I have this thing. And he's like, all right, then I'm coming with you. And she's like, whoa, wait, I'm sorry. What? And he's like, then I'll go with you. He's like, well, better yet, if you can postpone this for two months, then I can get all these, you know, we'll go together and I can get everything in order, blah, blah, blah. And she's I like- I love how he acts like it's no big deal. I know. And of course, her reaction, she's like, um- Okay, yeah, she's super skeptical, mm-hmm. which again, can't say I blame her. But she he's like he's like of course I'll go with you. <laughs> he's like I love man. How it's just automatically. Uh-huh. You know, he's like no, there's no question to this. I will yep. 
go with you. Yep. So basically his plan is like, let's get things wrapped up here and then we'll go together in two months. That's all I'm asking. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to – I'm not asking you to uh, sacrifice your education, anything like that. And so she agrees because he says, please just don't go right now. And so she says, okay. And Mm -hmm. then they – he takes her hand. They go off for a happy little walk and uh, we switch over to everyone being uh, edda-induced depression because (laughs) – yeah. Because she's only been gone for 10, 15 minutes and everyone's already sad that she's not there. Yeah. So, you know, I they, they're kind of like fighting over her and um, Ifair clearly is really just done with Serkan and she doesn't want to hear his name in the house mm-hmm. again. Um, Melo is talking about how she called him brother-in-law and she feels betrayed because it was all fake. Um, and then – they're they're talking about the whole situation. Fifi mentioned something about how could Edda agree to sign this fake contract. And then Erdem hears this and he obviously didn't know. So he flips out and he's mm-hmm. like, say what? Uh, so that's kind of the whole big thing with that is he can't believe that it was all fake. Right. And then Melo is talking about having to fall in love again to restore her lost faith in love. Yes. <laughs> like to get over her previous trauma. I'm like, girl, I love your resilience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so funny. They're like, what are you talking about? But she's like, no, I have to – in order to get over this, I, I'm going to have to fall in love again. I know. I love her. So – then I just wrote boohoo Celine. She's crying in her car. Calls Pearl, who deserves a better friend, honestly. So sulking, sulking Celine as well. Yes, yes. And then Optikine is reading old articles. He calls a man we've never seen before named uh, Kadir. Who? Okay, this had- is the lender from Arkenjikush, right? The guy who lends um, the. Uh, Nihat and Mevkebe, oh the money that they gosh. owe. Oh my gosh, I think That's you're him, right. right. Yeah. That's why he looks so familiar. I was like, this, that has to be the same guy. Okay. Yeah. Good I catch. I don't remember his name in, this, in that show, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same actor. Okay, good job. Um, So basically, we find out this is the guy who was either the subcontractor or whatever who uh, Alptakin had hired to do this job. And so when everything went down, Optikin basically made sure that the uh, the holding's hands were washed of it and it o- the blame only fell on him, which, I mean, ultimately right. it was this guy's fault for doing shoddy work. Um, right. So basically he's like, well, you need – I need he, to like, see you. He, like, stole materials too, right? Yeah. He was like, you stole materials. And I, it sounds like he even faked, like, quality assurance papers. Okay. Okay. Um, like, I'm guessing, like, inspection papers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, he calls this guy and he's like, I need you to come tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. it, as far as we know, they haven't spoken or seen each other in years. This guy maybe barely just got out of prison. Um, so, they're going to meet tomorrow. And then we have Ed Sarah in the car. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. You oh guys, gosh. I love Sarkon in love so much. Oh my gosh. He is such a like. He's the cutest thing in the world. He I like can't is, handle it. He is <laughs> adorable. It is. He and it's you know again I know this is just a fictional show but it he, he the way he's acting it even is like it looks like a huge burden has been lifted off of his shoulders yeah. just in his demeanor and uh-huh. his tone of voice all the time not even just with Edda just in general so 
Karem's doing a great job of like really showing like what love has done to this man. Like, yeah, he's a he's a relieved little robot now. <laughs> yeah. And he's all happy. He's a little smitten kitten and it's just the best thing to watch. I <laughs> It is. No, not a ton of plot happened. I mm-hmm. I said this to you off mic yesterday. But you know, not a lot of plot happened in this mm-hmm. episode, but we got just the best moments between yes. the two of them. We got killer moments. I mean, some of my screenshots, because, you know, we'll take screenshots of the dialogue to repeat back to you guys. Some of them, though, I was just taking screenshots of their faces between the dialogue just to be like, just to remind me exactly yeah. like how they were in that moment. And so like, mm-hmm. she's kind of looking down and smiling. He's just kind of looking off and smiling. I mean, he's driving, so he's looking forward. <laughs> And um, and he, he goes, don't look at me like that. And and I put dot, dot, dot. And this is my quote of what he would have said next or uh-huh. what he was thinking. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to pull over and attack you is Ex- what he wanted to say. <laughs> exactly. We can infer that for ourselves, though. No R took fines necessary. Absolutely. Um, so it's just, oh, my gosh, it's so dang cute. And then all of a sudden, Auntie is calling. So she's kind of freaking out. And she's like, she thinks I'm on my way to Italy. What am I supposed to do? And he's like, tell her the truth that you and I are together. Like, dude is just ready to be all – I mean, he is all in. He, like, confessed. And now it's like, this is it. I want the world to know. And, like, we're together. I love that. I love that the whole time he's like, I'll talk to her. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to her. It's yep. fine. Let's yep. talk to her. And he isn't, you know – I. I, I just love that. I totally agree. However, it is like, no, no. I'd rather tell her in person. She, she's always understood me before, but it, I don't want to tell her this over the phone. And then she's like, well, I hope she understands me. And she's like – and he says, well, okay, but listen, I, of course, I don't want to be known as the man who ruined your dreams, ag- dreams again. Right. And he says, you don't regret it, do you? Meaning staying. And she says, well, I didn't quit, Sarkon. I just postponed it. Uh-huh. And props to her right here <laughs> – I mean, maybe not right at this spot when she says, I know you won't come with me in two months. (laughs) But I love that the sentiment is you're, you know, because she's like, you're a workaholic. Like, you know, I'm I'm not assuming it's actually going to happen. And he's like, we'll see. But she says, no matter what, in two months, I am getting on a plane and I'm flying to Italy. Know that. Yes. Because she is all about wanting to finish her degree in education. And how can we not support that? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't foresee, I'm sure other people would agree that I don't foresee Sarkhan trying to prevent her from doing that. Not at all. Because he's already given her multiple opportunities to utilize what she's learned anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't see him holding her back at all or being no. like, no, you can't do that. You can't leave me. He's like, okay, I'm coming with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So then she kind of tells him, oh, yeah, by the way, I told Celine everything right before I left. So mm-hmm. – She's like, about the contract. She's like, because, you know, I thought dot, dot, dot. And then she's like, anyways, you should just talk to her. Yeah. And so he says that he will in person. Well, and then she asks again about his feelings. And it's interesting because, again, he's like, it doesn't – this doesn't have anything to do with Celine. I've told Mm -hmm. you. It's about Farid. Mm -hmm. And – but this time, instead of him – just not answering and avoiding the question like he's always done. Mm-hmm. He he still technically doesn't answer like about that specific question. Mm-hmm. But what he says, which is 
absolutely an answer to that question mm-hmm. is he says, I told you it's about Farid. And anyway, while you're around, and she's like, okay, finish your sentence, Sarkhan, because they keep doing that. He's like, well, as long as you're around, you're the only one that matters anyway. Oh, I know. And I then he him. does a hair touch. Oh. And he tells her how beautiful she is. And then everybody melted into a big pile of goo. Yeah. And then nobody recovered for the rest of the episode. That is true. The end. This episode yes. is 17 minutes long. Sorry, the guys. End. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, we can't talk because we are inanimate piles of goo. <laughs> so, yes, because seriously, this man tucks her hair behind her ears and his hands are so big. Mm-hmm. It's like ridiculous. It mm-hmm. is. I mean, we knew this when he like when I got my very first wish when I was like, I wish he would clasp his hands behind her waist when they're like dancing. And then he did like the next week. So we already know just how giant his hands are but there's just something about when giant man hands do something so like sweet and tender like yes like stroking your face or tucking hair behind your ear and he's like it's just much much more beautiful that way mm-hmm. so um then i wrote boohoo celine again to Perul. she spills <sighs> yeah. about the fake engagement she's done supposedly with sarkhan and hurting farit um yeah she does. I mean, I'll give her a 10-second props. She does ask Pearl about her problems, but basically finds a way to inadvertently make them all about her again. So Pearl doesn't really get to express her problems. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, her thing is like, um, it'd be better if I wasn't a part of the holding. So she's kind of thinking about cutting back on the PR mm-hmm. thing because she doesn't want to keep hurting Furry. And Pearl tells Celine that letting Sarkon go is probably the best because from what she can observe, he really loves Edda. And that's when she kind of spills the fake engagement thing to her. Yeah, because Celine is obviously not saying something during that little conversation. Mm-hmm. And so Pearl kind of pushes her about it. And yeah, she reveals all of that. Yeah. So we get the drop off. Uh, Sarkon takes Edda, Edda home. But she's <laughs> like, okay, stop right here. I don't another, want anybody to see you. Another great <laughs> scene, you guys. And she doesn't think he should come in. And he's like, okay, well, I'm willing to talk to Ifair. Because um, he pulls up and she's like, okay, stop here. He's like, Eda, it's 100 meters to the house. <laughs> and she's like, yes, but I don't want my aunt to see you. He's like, what will happen? Let her see. I miss her. Let's chat. <laughs> I love this. I don't know why I love that so much. But he's just like, well, I've missed her. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, no, 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 it's not worth it. Don't you dare say anything. There might be problems, so I'll just sort it out myself, please. She's like, you can say something whenever you feel like it, but for now, I want to go inside, explain the situation, and get everything settled. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> the situation? She goes, yeah. Uh, What's the situation? I you, love him. me, the situation about you and me. Of course, of course. Uh, you and me. Excellent. <laughs> so she's like, okay, then I'm going to go. Don't follow me. And he's all, you can leave on one condition. He's like, first, you have to tell me how you feel. She's like, um, you just said that you would wait. <laughs> He goes, it's been 30 minutes. 30 minutes is a long time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's so soft. I can not. Like it it's such a drastic change because and 
you know, one might maybe argue like, oh, this is so out of character. But I think it's just that he's so unburdened finally having said it out loud yeah. that he can act the way he's wanted to for a while now. Even You know, he's wanted to act that way longer than he's even realized he wanted to act this way. Absolutely. Where she's concerned. So I, I just see it as like he's finally like exhaling uh-huh. <laughs> after taking the deepest and longest breath in the entire world. Yeah, so he's like he's he's all in and mm-hmm. he's just out with it. So she's like she's like, Don't try your luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he's like, All right, well, let's go and talk to your aunt. <laughs> and she's like, No, 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 no. I told you that I would talk to her. So he's like, Okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. And so <laughs> she's like she's like, Sarah Khan. He says, Ada. And then instead of saying anything, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh, maybe you should tell me again I, how you feel. <laughs> he's like, mm, I didn't quite hear that. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So she's like, oh, no, sorry. You have to wait another 30 minutes in that case, which I love that. So – and he did too. You could totally tell by his face. And then, of course, we get the classic goodnight, Ida Yildiz, goodnight, Serkan Bolat. And She's all flustered and she forgets her suitcase. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> – I love it because he gets out of the car. Well, he like flashes his brights at her and gets out of the car. And he's like, uh, did you forget something? And she thinks he's being like all flirty. And so she's like, um, I mean, what could I have forgotten? And then he pops the trunk and pulls it out. And she's like, oh, duh, my suitcase. Like, duh, yeah. duh. And I love it because he's like, what did you think I meant? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, nothing. And he's like, are you sure? And then he brings a suitcase to her and he goes to hand it to her. And she says, thank you. But instead of <laughs> handing her the suitcase, he sticks his cheek out to her. So funny. <laughs> like, okay. And she kind of rolls her eyes, but very gladly kisses his cheek oh again. totally and then she's like okay get out of here like i gotta go so it's so good so good um so then we get um edda hallucination from melo or so she thinks but it's just because she's actually home um and basically all that happens right here is she gets home everyone's excited except she's about to share the good news with them and auntie is like oh, do not tell me that you didn't get on that plane because of Sercombola. And she's like, uh, why? And she, you know, (laughs) Ifair launches into her whole thing. And so basically she's like, no, no, no. Auntie, like, it just got postponed two months. I'll go in two months for the interview. It's fine. Which, of course, Ifair freaks out, loses her mind because she's thinking grandma is messing with her. Not, you know, that grandma's the one who postponed it and not – um. Edda, Edda. So it kind of makes some messy, tangled stuff later on. Yeah. And then um, she does tell the girls, though, like, I'll tell you later. So at least this whole t- – I mean, it doesn't end up happening. But at least this whole time, I appreciate that Edda had every intention of sharing with them from the get-go, like, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because I'll, I'll be completely – not being secretive about it like she was about the engagement. Right. Because I'll be completely honest. I was not thrilled about secret them keeping their relationship a secret, like, when the fragments were kind of pointing to that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, like, we just got this out in the open. Like, do we need another secret? But it looks like now, based on the fragments for next episode, it's all going to come out. So thank God it seems like it's only lasting this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So Ifair, um angry texts her mom 
And that's just kind of a quick little thing. Uh, Celine finally comes home Mm -hmm. and she asks for forgiveness yet again, reassures Farid she's not going anywhere again, even turns down Aidan's call. And basically she's like, Farid, I'm all in. Don't worry about it. I just had, you know, some jitters, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He forgives her. They end up going shopping later on. um, And it's a whole thing. So – Things are seemingly, for now, better between Celine and Ferit. She seems like she's 100% in with the marriage and all of that. Yes. So then we switch over to Aidan, who's kind of wondering uh, what the heck is going on between Celine and Serkan. Like, are they together? Is that why I can't get a hold of them? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, in I already wrote, Safi's not saying much. And I put, that's because Safi knows better, in my opinion. Like, yep. he he already just knows better. So then we go – we switch back to Edda's and they're just kind of having girl talk, flower talk, auntie talk, you know. But her phone rings, so she dawdles off into the kitchen to answer. (laughs) And who is it but Serkan? So she answers and she's like, hello. And um, she says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm thinking about you. And he goes, and you? (laughs) And I'm thinking of you. And he's like, how wonderful. (laughs) So funny. So she explains, like, she couldn't tell her aunt. She's like, I really wanted to. She's like, but – and I really wanted to be able to tell the girls. But when when she heard about Italy, she freaked out. Like, so I basically, like, I just couldn't say it and I haven't been able to, to- tell her about it yet. And you can tell mm-hmm. he's not, like, thrilled at this, but he's like, well, you know best. He's like, but my mom's coming right now, so I'm probably going to tell her. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's like, no, no, don't do that because if you do that, she's going to tell my aunt and then it's going to blow up in our faces and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's like, please, please just don't say anything. And he's like, Edda, I really don't want to hide this, which mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Yeah. So, of course, Aidan and Safi walk up and she's like um, – and so she's like, Sarakon. And mm-hmm. um, and then she's like, already I can hear her voice and it's scaring me. She's like, just don't say anything and we'll talk later. And he's like, okay, I get it. Don't worry. Um, so she's like, I, I'm going to hang up. I kiss you. And he's like, okay, we'll talk later. Yeah. So then of course, um, um, is this when I done? She's asking if he's talking to Celine. Yes. Like, who are you talking so sweetly to? Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> I love it. I love and it. so she he, then he explains because she's like, oh well, how did it go when you talked to her? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I changed my mind and I didn't go. So she is not happy about that. Mm-mm. And Serkan uh, kind of just rushes her and um, Safi out. He's like, look, I'm gonna deal with it, but right now I need to take a shower and I have stuff to do. So have a good night, essentially. And uh, Idon is kind of. She she's upset he didn't mm-hmm. talk to Celine, <laughs> and Safi is not upset at all. No, nope. and he's like, oh yeah, I guess he just changed his mind. Some people can change their minds really easily, you know. <laughs> and Idon's like, well, at least the florist is gone now, and Safi's like, well, you know, Italy is really not that far away. <laughs> I <laughs> love him trolling her like that. Yes, I love it because yeah, he's like. And he's like, yeah, and it's even the world's even smaller with private planes, meaning like mm-hmm. he can go fly and see her whenever he wants. Very easily. So Edda gets a text from Serkan. He's like, how are we going to meet? And she's like, I'll find a way. 
Um, and of course, everyone at the table's like, "What the heck are you doing on your phone like this? Who are you talking to?" And she's like, "Well, and uh, she reads. She says it out loud. You're she right. Says, she says, "Oh, I'll figure it out. I'll deal with it." And they're like, "What are you talking about, Edda? Because that she obviously didn't mean to say it out loud. She only meant to type it. You're right. Because then Erdem's like, "Edda, are you a little crazy like me sometimes? Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um." Yeah, they, so she scrambles to say who she's talking to now. Yeah. And then she says it's Jank. <laughs> There's a name we haven't heard in 11 episodes. But they all – and that's the reaction they all have. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, Jank? So she has to make up this whole thing that because she's going to Italy, she wants him to show her around and they broke up and it's really not that big of a deal. And they're all kind of going, great. I mm-hmm. can't believe now that – the whole Sercon thing is done. She's going back to Jank. This is terrible. So, so yeah. Holla Jim, does Sercon seem so bad now? <laughs> I mean, she probably just hates both of them. Uh, that's true. So they get a late night flower order. This guy is desperate. He's He seems like he's been a customer for a long time. And he's mm-hmm. like, I forgot my anniversary. And initially um, – Ifair's kind of like, it's late, it's this. She's like, but you're one of our dear customers. And Edda's like, I'll do it, I'll do it, because that's clearly her out to go see Sarkon. <laughs> yeah. So that works out. Uh, like you kind of mentioned, Celine needs some last-minute wedding stuff, and she asks Therit to come with her mm-hmm. um, to get that stuff. So then we have impatient Sarkon as he – it seems oh like he gosh. either – like he drove her to deliver the flowers maybe. And so – He's waiting at the bottom of the stairs and she comes back down from delivering them and she's like, oh my gosh, I just saved that man's life. Like, <laughs> um, I was, you I know. I love he- the shade she throws him because she's. Oh, I know. She, she's like, he forgot his anniversary and he can't even write a note himself either. <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, imagine that his wife broke everything in the house and Sarah Khan starts laughing. And then she's like, and he even forgot to write a note. Like, can you imagine that there's men who don't know how to write notes to their beloved women and more laughing? And it's funny because Erkan's like, oh, yeah, he acted badly. All right. And he's like, you know, you mentioned the wife breaking things sort of reminds me of someone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Uh, oh, are you complaining about me? <laughs> Basically like, are you oh, are you mocking me?" Mm-hmm. And he just laughs. That laugh <gasps> he has this whole episode. It just kills me. Yes, I literally wrote Karem's laugh is the best sound on earth this episode. Oh it, my gosh. Oh, it's so good. So you know, he's basically like, oh, or she says, let's walk. It's really nice out. So they hold hands and walk down the street and it's very sweet. And they stop at this palace. Yes. Um, Do you have the story that he tells her? I do. So it's cute because she's like, oh, this is the first time we've ever done this. Walked Mm -hmm. hand in hand down the road. And she's like, it's so beautiful here, isn't it? And then he explains, oh, this is the Adile Sultan Palace. And he says it's very beautiful, built in the 1800s. It was built by the architect of the Dolmabad. Baje Palace. I, don't, I might be saying that wrong. Um, and she says, oh, do you know everything like that, Serkan Bola? And he says, well, I love to know the details of the things I think are important. Wink, okay, wink, I was like, hint, can, I was like, can maybe we, I'm also talking about you, I was Edda. just going to say, can we pause there? Because <laughs> how many times has he already taken note of those details, like her claustrophobia, and mm-hmm. he immediately wanted the office walls knocked down? Mm-hmm. Um, what was another thing he took notice of? Like, 
Well, um, we know he's going to be taking notice of her description of how she wanted that house decorated. Uh-huh. For sure. Yes. Like, someone on Twitter had basically posted all these scenes where he was, like, already remembered things that she'd said maybe, like, one time. So, mm-hmm. like, like the th- phrases on the backs of the truck and how he starts pointing them out to her after that. Like, yeah. Yep. So, uh, she says, well, I don't know the details, so can you tell me? And he's like, all right, I'll tell you. Mother Abdul Mejita, uh, again, this is what I'm reading from the sub, so mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong, uh, built a very beautiful botanical garden here. I brought plants from different parts of the world and, and pro- excuse me, she brought plants from, a diff- from different parts of the world. And she's like, oh, really? He says, then this place was presented to Adila by the Sultan. Mm-hmm. And she was a very original woman. She lost her parents as a child. Therefore, all her life, she was engaged in the education of orphans. Mm -hmm. At the same time, she was a very important witness in the meetings. I don't – was – are my subs weird for that? Mine kind of said the same thing. Okay. You know, and I didn't even think to reach out to – we have Miriam and a very sweet listener named Damla who have both been great about letting us ask them questions and I just completely forgot to ask about this. I'm guessing if she was involved in – helping orphanages and education, maybe mm-hmm. some sort of governmental thing that mm-hmm. she would speak up at governmental meetings or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he, so she says, oh, wow, this is a woman who can really be admired. Mm. And he says, yes. So look at this architecture. Look at these details. And oh, he my gosh. He, he puts his part. hand up. And something catches Anna's eye because she <laughs> looks up and she notices, uh, you didn't take off the ring. <laughs> and that man has not taken off the ring since he put it on no, in the second never, episode. Mm-hmm. Never. No matter how many times this has supposedly been, quote, over. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I love that he just tries to smooth over it. Mm-hmm. He's like, He's like, no, I haven't. Are you listening? <laughs> I love that. Is so Sarakon Bolat though. Like, he's like, uh huh, yeah, exactly. I still have it on. Anyways, are you listening to this information I'm giving you? <laughs> so it's the look she gives him after that is just really cute, and because mm-hmm. he keeps he keeps explaining, and he says, "Have you seen the movie Outrageous Class?" And she's like, "Oh, like anyone has not seen it." like us Americans who haven't seen it. <laughs> he says, that's right. Uh, so you said you did some research, right? I did. And you know what? I, I will say this really quick. On Turk Flick, they actually – the name of the movie is Habab, Hababam Sanifa, and it's a Turkish comedy film from 1975 okay. uh, based on a novel. So I just – I like that they gave us that little extra info. Nice. Um, in there. So, yes, of course, because I was like, okay, they're stopping at this building. So there has to be a reason why this is the one they're stopping at and chatting of about. Yes. Because Aisha never does anything just to do it. And so I did do some research. Um, and the palace has a very similar story to like what he told. Um, so I won't go too deep into that because it's like three pages long. Um, it seems like a few details were changed. It seems like what she did was had a school for girls. Um, It doesn't necessarily say orphans, but clearly she was still very involved in the education of children who needed an education. Like, I Mm -hmm. assume this was for girls who probably couldn't otherwise get an education. Right. So maybe some of them were orphans. Um, And so, yeah, if you – you know, there's there's more research you can do about that. But um, 
what really struck me, first of all, the palace garden there holds 2,000 people. So it must be oh, geez. an insanely huge and gorgeous garden. Wow. But here's what really got me. So as I was researching about this building, I found out about the architect who built it. And then on Twitter today, someone from Turkey gave me even more information and was like, did you also know this? So I'll get in. So the architect's name is Sarkis Balyan. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting that there's an architect named Sarkis Balyan and we have an architect named Serkan Bolat. Like, yeah, that's oddly similar. The names are uh, uh, huh. <laughs> the names are very oddly similar. And he, you know, he'd been gone and about. He had to return to Istanbul in 1845 due to an illness of his brother, hmm. and then wound up losing his brother later. Hmm. So he did have a brother who died. Um, and yeah, so he's the one who built this building, and um, it also. I there's just something funny too because I I was hoping to get an answer from Aisha so I'd kind of tweeted some of this information out to ask her if this was like done on purpose. I okay. mean I think it's safe to assume it was, but I just was hoping to get confirmation from her and I didn't. But um, I, there was a part that talked about how he'd been exiled to Europe for 15 years, and I was like, that's not going to happen to Serkan, is it? Unless uh, unless Edda gets to go with him, of course. Yeah. Um, so then on Twitter this morning, somebody saw my tweet. And said um, in Turkish, so I had to do Google Translate, so bear with me if I don't quite get this correct. Um, but they told me, oh, man, I cut off their I cut off their um, Instagram handle. handle. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But you know who you are, and I appreciate you, and I love you. Um, she, she wrote, um, moreover, this architect is also the architect of the chief physician's hunting lodge, the inventor of the doctor's rose. Oh. Oh, that is so cool. Uh-huh. And she says, and that chief physician is the real owner of the mansion in the sect due to the ship damage. I'm not – I can't – I'm not really sure what that was supposed to really say. Okay. But then she wrote afterwards, Aisha, teacher, what are you writing? Oh, my goodness. Like, hmm. she, so even – this person was very impressed by, like, the connections of this architect. Wow. And then – she sent me more information that I screenshotted and just realized um, is written all in Turkish and I did not translate it. So <laughs> uh, very sorry about that, guys. Um, but basically, they said to me, you know, your clues that you dug up made me search even more. And this he also built a school in his wife, this architect built a school in his wife's memory who died at a young age after only four years of marriage. And so she's like, I hope that's not where we're headed with this. Oh, my gosh. But I was like – Happily I, ever afters only, please. Yes, exactly. But I just thought it was really cool that this person then started digging and doing more research about that architect. So yeah. Um, anyhow, so that was my little blurb, that rabbit hole I went down. Yeah. After the building. So that is so cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. Me too. Oh my gosh. So they head to a cafe, and I said cafe cuties. Um, <laughs> and Edda's all excited because there's never any open seats. So she's like, please, can we go sit down? And then they go in, and she kind of realizes, oh, what if people see you? And it starts to, it gets out on the media. And Serkan is like, <laughs> who's going to see us? Who cares? Let's just sit down and have coffee. Mm -hmm. So they sit down. They order some coffee. And she talks about, oh, you got to be careful because the, the coffee gets really hot. 
And uh, he's oh like, gosh. he's like, oh well, how hot does it get? She's like, it gets really hot, so be careful. She's like, it could even burn your lips. He's like, well, I don't. We can't let that happen. We can't let your lips get burnt. She's like, yeah, well, then drink it carefully. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, anything but your lips. And she's like, why? <laughs> he's all, well, if your lips are burnt, then we can't touch, we can't kiss. Oh and my. then Edda gets all like embarrassed and giggly. And I said, and we all die of swoon. <laughs> Seriously, I really there are so many swoony moments, but that one felt the swooniest because it is so it's it's all these things in one. It's cheesy, it's adorable, it's like flirty, it's it oh and again, it just you get that whole like lighthearted feel of Sarkon finally just being able to be with her. And I love it. Because then he, like, doesn't he kind of reach over and, like, put his thumb on her lips even? Yes. And, like, uh-huh. He does. uh-huh. Yes, he does. And we yes. all had to fan ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those moments where you're, where you're holding your breath and you're, because of the tension and because of the chemistry, uh-huh. where you're just going, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's touching her. He's going to kiss her. He's talking about how he wants to kiss her. Well, <laughs> you feel like you're intruding. Like, yes. It, that's how it felt. So. Like, I felt like I should be, like, averting my eyes. Like, I, sh- I shouldn't be watching this adorable moment play out because it's not mine. Like, Because they need their privacy. Because they need their <laughs> privacy so he can kiss her unburnt lips. <laughs> um, but so then – Oh, <laughs> sorry. I apparently I was really um, dying of the cuteness because I put, uh, I guess, as like a news article title. Mm-hmm. I said today on Central Kapama, can cuteness kill? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, yeah, I think it can. Um, so then we get a pan over to Celine and Fittery across the street doing their last minute wedding shopping and they're kind of mm-hmm. chatting. He, she sees him, she sees them in the window, which here's the thing. I understand her being jolted by this because sure. the last thing she knew, Edda left for Italy and they were in a fake relationship, meaning there'd be no reason for the two of them to be all snuggled up and snuggly and flirty in a cafe window together. And Edda had just told her Sarah Khan is in love with you. Yes. So, so I will give her a pass for this stunned moment right here. Yes, totally. Um, I can't even be mad at her for it. Yeah. So, you know, she sees them though and um, he hug uh, – Ferit doesn't see that. He just hugs her because she kind of is like, oh, pre-wedding jitters, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote um, – I said, it's uh, head and shoulders ad time. Choke to check your dirham to be gay for paying for all of the Edser kisses and cuteness this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Sarkon gets back home. And he ends up calling Celine because they had talked about how he needs to talk to her anyway. Um, but essentially, she tells him that she doesn't want to talk mm-hmm. and that she's made a big decision and she they they don't need to talk about anything. Right. So She's done. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting because we get a little musical montage with Serkan and Edda at home. Edda is – probably drinking her hot lemon water. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also tending a single rose, mm-hmm. which is awfully convenient mm-hmm. and a direct parallel to the little prince. Mm-hmm. And then Sarkhan is playing his guitar. Oh and my gosh. it's just a cute little. I, this um, is what I wrote. Karem playing guitar. Alert. Alert. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, can I just say, I'll, 
uh, not Alp Takin, that's the character. I Takin Atosh, can you please release this song? It's not available on any platform. It clearly was written just for these two based on the lyrics we do get to hear. But oh, yeah. I would like to purchase it. So please <laughs> release it. I mean, when you, I mean, look at these lyrics. Only one star can light up one flower. Like, mm-hmm. come on. And then they talk about like, there's other lyrics, but that one just is the one that, um, got Violets me the most and jasmine and all this stuff yeah right so anyways i just was like i really need that song to be released please yeah <laughs> so anyhow um yeah so we get their cute little montage of them just doing their nightly whatever they're doing mm-hmm. um so the next morning uh <laughs> we have some i fair doing her absolute darndest to hypnotize edda into telling her where she's going, where she was last night, and, you know, having her spill all of these secrets mm-hmm. that Ada is obviously keeping from her. Right. Thank God for Melo, though. She basically ends up interrupting it and breaking the – I put the Hala hypnotic magic spell. Yeah. Uh, so she interrupts and um, Ada's like, oh, thank God. Thank you, Melo. Like, I know what you were trying to do, Auntie, and I'm out of here. I have things to do. Yeah. So we pan over to Serkan, who is humming uh-huh. all happily and carefree, and I just cannot. And Making a big old breakfast. Yep. And Safi <laughs> walks in. I wrote, Safi, enter Safi, who been new, because he's like, oh, breakfast for one, is it? Like, I was coming over to make breakfast, but it seems like I don't need to. Yeah, you must be very hungry today, Serkan Bay. Uh-huh. Look at all that food. And then Serkan basically is like, hey, remember the good old days when you and mom would make appointments before coming over? <laughs> so he basically invokes this rule again. And mm-hmm. um, especially once Idon then shows up and, you know, is talking crap about Eda and her family basically and just going on and on. As Eda has now walked up sneakily and is hiding behind a tree hearing all of this. Yes. And ble- God bless Safi because, of course, he sees her and he, like, gives her a thumbs up. And then he like he's like, okay, just stay behind the tree. I'll take care of this. Like, I- oh, we love the captain of our ship. So good. So, yeah, Serkan kind of sets some boundaries. Like, okay, listen, we can talk about this some other time. I would appreciate if next time, you know, you have your house, I have my house. Mm-hmm. It's very important that I'm close by, but it's also important that we all have our space. Everybody, let's have space. Yes. So, Idon kind of is like, oh, I get the picture. I guess I'll go if I'm not wanted. <laughs> well, and I love how he uses the example, like, weren't you just talking about iFair just showing up without calling? And then, so, of course, you know, she's being compared to a peon. So, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then I wrote during this scene at one point, there's a shot, and I wrote, the temple vein appears again because apparently I'm not the only one who appreciates that vein on the side of his temple. <laughs> Everyone's like, I had posted during the live uh, watch last week um, on Instagram, like, okay, am I the only one affected by this vein that's, like, right on his temple? And I got – I was expecting replies to the effect of, like, no, weirdo, it's a vein. And people were like, "Um, yes, like, I can't – I started noticing that in this show of his, or I noticed it here. Um, So, anyways, the temple vein makes an appearance a couple times, (laughs) y'all. So, they finally – whisk Idon away. Yes. Uh, and then Ada can come up and Serkan's like, where have you been? <laughs> here, You know what's funny though here is that after that she's like, isn't this dumb sneaking around? And he's like, actually, it's fun. But I'm like, wait a minute. 
I know. You're the re- you're the reason you're sneaking around. What do you mean is this dumb? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I get his whole like, well, it's kind of fun. Ha ha ha. Like, I get that. But I didn't understand why she was like, this is stupid. I'm like, but you're the reason it's happening. I know. I know. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, well, I guess your mom's just going to think her entire life that I'm your fake bride. <laughs> and Sir Kung goes, oh, her entire life? Yeah. You like how all he holds on to is for the rest of our yeah. lives. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, I was joking. Do you want me to be serious? And he's like, oh, all of her lives. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, look at how beautiful breakfast is. This looks great. So they basically just grab the food and they take it inside. Yes. So then we have Idon, pottery and jealousy stress, Sarkon stress, Celine stress. She's just sort of verbal vomiting to Safi about how nothing's going how she wants it to. The whole jealousy thing isn't really playing out with her whole game that she's playing with Alptakeen and the pottery guy. Right. Um, you know, clearly Sarkon hasn't made up with Celine. Celine's going to get married like tomorrow. So there's not really a whole lot of time to make anything happen with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Baba overhears all of this while she's venting about the whole fake engagement basically being pointless. Yeah. So he is like, what? Like you kept something from me? Like it just kind of – it causes – issues because he's realized that he's been lied to for a very long time. Yep. So at the office, uh, Erdem basically starts spreading the news that the engagement was fake. Mm-hmm. And it just – that kind of causes a chain reaction that we're dealing with through the whole episode. It's yes. not a lot. No. Um, I do love that Layla's like, oh, I get it now because I was wondering how a girl like Edda could ever put up with Sarkon. Seriously. Yeah. But yes, the whole point of that is just that the whole office is going to find out. And the fact that someone named Susan overheard, Layla's like, you know she's the biggest gossip in the office and yeah. it's going to be all over the place. And Erdem is like, Susan? No, she's a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Layla's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. So Idon finishes explaining everything. Alptakeen's hurt and upset that he was left in the dark. So – you know, that's yep. kind of all that really happens there. And then I wrote, okay, this is maybe my favorite scene. Oh I don't – it's so hard to pick, but I think when it comes down to it, because this one or the telescope whole night, I don't know. But this one I wrote when I watched, this was my favorite scene. So I guess I'm just going to stick with the fact this that this is was my favorite scene. for sure the swooniest scene because <sighs> this was even worse than uh-huh. Uh-huh. like – don't like, burn your lips. I was like, I can't, I can't, I, I can't sit still. I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like so squirmy. Made me squirm. Yes. yes. And here's why. So he's looking at her because they're clearly having gone through breakfast already. She's sitting a little lower on the couch and he's just kind of looking at her and he's like, what happened? And she's like, because she's not looking at him or anything. And she's like, I right. don't know. She's like, I mean, we've been together for so long. Uh, Parentheses, 18 days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe 19 or 20 at this point. But anyways, she's like, you know, being close and all of that, but now I don't know how to behave or what to say. And she's like, it's weird. And he gives the dang sweetest smile in the world. And he's like, oh, my goodness. He's like – and then, okay, okay, he (laughs) – I, like, lost my mind when this happened. I know. Okay. I know. He – they pan out to the couch, and then he leans down into the side, mm-hmm. like uh, – he just, like, invades her whole space, but also not in, like, a man-spreading icky way. Like, he 
no, Ina, it's a it's a hot, intimate way. Yes, and it. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! So he's like, so maybe you're a little shy with me. Uh huh. And she's like, she's like maybe, maybe. <laughs> and he's like, oh maybe, huh? And he's like talking in this low, grumbly, gr- growly, he's, gritty whisper. He's and, a, a millimeter from her face. Uh huh. <laughs> and he's like, well, a solution therefore must be found immediately. And she's like, and what's that solution? And he says, well, you can share what you really feel about me. And then, you guys, they nuzzle noses, which oh if you listened to our first season covering our Kenji Koosh, you oh know that nose nuzzling is my dang kryptonite in oh these gosh. Turk Dizies. And they nuzzle noses. And she says to him, are you trying to get information out of me? And then he's like, no. And then he like moves to the side of her face. He's and he, so close to her face. You I'm guys. Like, you, how are you not uh, kissing her? How is – I want to I want to know how – because at this point, his nose is like right up on her cheek. His mouth is like millimeters from her ear as he's whispering this. And I'm like, okay, sorry. I know you're acting. But Hyundai, how are all the hairs not like standing up? Mm-hmm. On, like uh, mm, anyways mm-hmm. so he says i'm not your type anyway oh you, my gosh you, he's like you and at this point he's practically <laughs> kissing her face as he's saying this he's like yes you, he says, said- you said it yourself and then he does kiss her face mm-hmm. and then he's like if we talk about character i'm also not for you anyway and she's smiling mm-hmm. and he says, but – and again, he's right up next to her face. Uh-huh. He says, but you can't live without me. And she's like, Allah, Allah, how did you get that idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's got this big old smile on her face. And he's like, well, as I said, judging by the fact that we can't talk for a long time, uh, your, your subs might be better for this. That one, no, they both said, I checked both subs. They both say that. And again, I made notes to ask our wonderful Turkish friends to clarify, and I just forgot. I think basically, like, we we can't keep away from each other. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Like, we can't be distant from one another for that long. Yes. But yeah, because then he says, and in my opinion, though, you can express all of this <laughs> in one sentence. And she's like, and what is that one sentence? And then his his alarm goes off on his phone and she's like, oh, okay, you're going to be late for work. Go on. And he's like, oh, you're coming too. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he says, yes, you are. It doesn't matter who or what anyone is thinking. You're going to come and you're going to continue to work with Idol Hanum, you know, that architect for that big major project. Mm-hmm. Um. And so she's like, so I have to go to the office? And he's like, mm-hmm. And then she goes, well, I wonder who it is that can't live without whom. Uh-huh. And he's like, come on, let's go. And then everybody's oh. pants lit on fire. Yep. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You guys. I was it, like, I can't handle this. I can't I, handle this. That whole scene would have been perfectly fine if he had never leaned down. But the second he leaned the down. The second he leaned down. I know. And I'm like, how do how do these two very talented actors, how are they not affected by this? Were I know. Were they affected by this? Was were this they affected by this? Situation? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> In front of an entire crew? Because. And, and that's the thing that I think keeps everything in check. What we don't see is that there's probably 50 pairs of eyes staring at them as this is all happening. So – the scene probably doesn't feel nearly as charged 
when it's being filmed as it is when we're watching it because we're only seeing the two of them. Yeah. They've got they're like they're like two goldfish in a bowl. Uh, look, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I saw that behind the scenes extended kiss and mm. there Oh, from the I, first episode? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are all that crew member girl who looked back at the guy and was like, <laughs> "Excuse me, do you see what's happening here?" So, I don't know, man. I I'm not I am not convinced that there is no electricity in the air when some of these scenes are being filmed. Listen, we have an entire topic in our Facebook group (laughs) dedicated to the cuteness of Karem and Hande together. So, you know, clearly we ship it. Um, Yeah, because you're right. Like, it's hard to see stuff like that and be like, how is this not affecting you? Um, It would be (sighs) – yeah, I, 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 don't I, know. Know. I know. I don't know. And listen, Karem, if we ever get you to come on our show, we will never speculate or ask you questions about this or make you uncomfortable. Just please just know that. I know. I, <laughs> I know. just feel like I need to put that disclaimer We're out. We're at least reasonable in our shipping. Absolutely. Like, in the end, we just want people to be happy. Amen. And it's not our place to decide how that is going to come about and no. we know that in real life like, absolutely the, all of our shipping stuff you guys all know it's just for fun it is for fun we're we, not like serious yeah. about no we never tag <laughs> them in no we don't tag them yeah. in things on social media to make them uncomfortable that's no, just creepy and if you're someone who does that please stop mm-hmm. um so anyhow um then we kind of we switch over from that very hot and bothered scene to Angan and Pearl. They're uh-huh. talking. She's upset because now she knows she's in the know. Yes. And, you know, the whole office is gossiping. She kind of goes off on Angan. He starts laughing. Um, they kind of argue back and forth about this whole yanking hair metaphor, like when you're a little kid and you have a crush and you yank the person's <laughs> yes. ponytail. Like, and then he, he's so clueless with girls. Yes. And it kind of makes her laugh. And she's like, don't make me laugh. I'm annoyed with you. And um, <laughs> then yeah, seriously. So <laughs> then uh, we pan back to uh, the Bullot residence and Alptakeen and this mysterious Kadir Bey are talking. Mm-hmm. And we get a little more clarification on what happened. Alptakeen saying, you know, you were the entire cause of this accident. Because yeah. of you, I wasn't able to work with any other stone company. You stole materials. Um, and I believed everything to be solid because you provided false documentation. Mm-hmm. And then the wall in this house collapsed because of you and people died there. And then he's like, um, Alptakeen Bay, why did you call me? He's like, I made a mistake. I went to jail. I left. And now I want to start my life over. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you called me and reminded me of all this in the past. And I do love that Alptakeen says this. He's like, oh, so you went to jail and got out and that means it's all over? Like, mm. this, these people weren't killed now because all of a sudden you served your time for it? Right. And he's like, you're a man without a conscience. He's like, this little girl became an orphan and has not left my head for years, not even for a day. Yeah. So he explains to Alptakeen, I've been looking for this family for a long time because you wanted it. And he's like, look, I've been looking for clues. I haven't found anything. And Alptakeen's like this poor girl who knows what she's doing now. And he's like, and then I was driven out the door. I don't know if he means like arrested or just like couldn't hit I a wall. I think so. I, I think he basically got arrested and couldn't utilize the money that Alptakeen had given him. Okay. And he's like, I haven't even had a chance to donate the money you gave me. Um, I went to jail. Okay, you're right. He's like, you know, then I lost all my contacts and then found out these people had changed their names. So I really like 
could not find them. Yeah. And so he basically is like, don't care. You're going to find this girl for me. <laughs> yeah. And because he's basically saying, listen, someone contacted you. Like F.A. Akman's attorney knows about this, which means the somebody knows who these people are because they found out about this whole event happening. Yes. Um, and so he's like, yeah, it was his attorney, but I didn't. I denied your involvement in it, but clearly this attorney knows how to dig because he did know that Altakine's company was involved in it. Yeah. And basically says, if you give me more money to start a new life, I will do everything I can to, like, find these people for you. So Now, you caught who who knows about this, right? Yeah, F.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's mm-hmm. just put a pin in that mm-hmm. for maybe next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so – Ed Sayer drives up to Lifar and we get <laughs> another good scene. Uh, yet another good scene. My gosh. So Sarkon's Sir, like, by the way, <laughs> uh, I don't think I missed any of this. Does, is that that's how he starts, right? With his by the way, whatever your feelings are for me, you have until tonight to confess them. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure I didn't miss dialogue. Yeah. But nope. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they're she's just like, a, oh, yeah. why is that? It's a very quick scene. Yes. She's like, oh, why is that? And he's like, Ada, be sure that the game you're playing, to be sure the game you're playing with others, but not with Sarkon Bolat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, what if I don't confess? He's like, oh, I'll make you confess somehow. Um, Can I vote for somehow, please? <laughs> Where do I cast my vote for that? I want to know what somehow is. I don't think we could handle somehow. I don't think Turkish television can handle somehow. I will start a go. <laughs> I will start a GoFundMe. There are several people who would gladly contribute to the fine fund to show us what somehow is. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think several is a low number. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's like, therefore, don't play games that you will lose. As for me, he's. She's like, oh, then, oh. I don't know what the as for me means. Anyway, he's like, don't play games that you will lose, Edda. And she's like, okay, so should I say it? (laughs) Yeah, in my opinion, you should tell me. She's like, are you ready? Very. You sure? You're ready? He says, can you tell me already? (laughs) He's so, like, satisfied with himself right now. So she leans over and she says, I hate you, Sarkhanba, a lot. (laughs) And his laugh again. Such – I'm like this – all these laughs, I'm just calling it. All these laugh are, laughs are Karem laughs this episode. They're not Sarkhan oh, totally. laughs. They are Karem person laughs. Yeah. And I love it because he goes, oh, what a sweet person you are. <laughs> so sweet. And he's like, you know, our feelings are mutual. Uh-huh. But it's so cute because then he puts on his jacket and she, like, fixes his collar. Oh, my gosh. And he's staring at her, you guys, as she's doing this very domestic uh-huh. thing. And he is enjoying every second of it. And every he's like, oh, is second. that better? Does it, is, does it look good now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was another one of those, like, this is really nothing, but I feel like I should avert my eyes, like – such an adorable intimate moment so much and then hollow's calling via video call edda freaks Mm -hmm. out tells sarkhan go inside i need to step i need to answer and find a reason to explain to her why i'm here so meanwhile then we were inside real quick and layla and susan are like gossiping layla actually is trying to minimize this she's like no i actually think sarkhan loves edda like yeah um 
you know, you can tell she's trying to curb the gossip by saying that the relationship is actually real. Um, she's like, you know, Sirkan, he just can't do a human interaction without a contract. Like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, props to Layla. I actually appreciate that, yeah. that she's doing that. While she still gets her jabs in, you know, but yes. she's trying to curb the gossip, uh, you know, an embarrassment of her boss. Yes. So then we get um, Hala and Edda FaceTime. Basically, Edda explains it away. Like, this is a great job opportunity. I sh- I don't want to give up working with this architect. Yes. And, you know, Hala is just concerned about Sarakhan and professionalism. But, you know, we kind of we kind of are able to put a pin in it. They hang up. She goes inside. So, Erdem, geez, this guy. He's the toast of the office because mm-hmm. he knows all the news. He's but got all Sar- the chai. <laughs> yes. But then Sarkhan comes and he suddenly is not so cocky and nope. he's hiding under the table. And um, they – he goes – sorry, Sarkhan heads into Angin's office mm-hmm. and Pearl kind of confronts him. Yeah. And she's I- like, look, aren't we friends? Aren't mm-hmm. we your partners? Why would you keep something like this from us? And yeah. we're so embarrassed. Uh, sorry, you said you had a note. No, I was just saying, no, you're right. Um, she gives him an earful, like, and deservedly yeah. so. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Serkan automatically thinks that Angin is the one who spread this. And Angin's like, no, bro. Would mm-hmm. you really think I would do that? It's Ardem. So, essentially, Serkan once again mm-hmm. reinforces to the whole office that you know that what's connected with me and Edda, as well as our personal life, will remain personal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in addition, Edda will keep – will continue to work in this office. And they're all like, um, okay, mm-hmm. why? And because Pearl is surprised. Mm-hmm. Engin, poor guy, he's surprised with all of this. But he kind of just smiles and nods. But he's like, well, she's a good worker, isn't she? Anyone who works well should still be be allowed to have a job here. Well, right. And I mean, he's defended her in the past about her work there. So that – yeah, it would yeah. it would have been surprising to me if Angan gave any kind of pushback on that. Exactly. <clears throat> so – and then Erdem kind of runs for his life. Yes. So then we do switch over really quickly to Farid and Baba Bolat. Basically, Farid's saying, listen, they conceded on all of your – you know, all the stuff that Sarakhan had issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he – there's something that Federit like, wants to do or something where basically Baba Bolat's like, you know, I, I don't know about that. And Federit's like, but you gave me shares. And he's like, right, but you're not a con- – you're not a majority shareholder. They um, – F.A. Excuse me. F.A. wants shares. Oh. Oh. Well, okay. Now yeah. – because I was like, where did – later on when – Celine's uh-huh. like saying she's not going to sell them to him. I'm like, where did this come from? So yeah. I must have just missed that both times I watched this episode with subs. Yeah, because um, Alptikian is like, okay, you know, I understand he wants that reassurance mm-hmm. if we're going to be working with him for a long time. So having shares in the company would give him some reassurance sure. in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, but I'm, I don't give strangers – shares of my company okay and Ferit's like well you gave me shares of your company and he's like well you're not a stranger oh, so okay. that kind of bonds them a little bit and also explains why fa isn't going to be offered as shares. far as i know shares right yes okay thank you uh-huh. so um basically though it, you know Ferit's, it, Ferit starts to make a comment about Sarkhan and 
you know, contracts. He's clearly making a joke about the chocolate contract that he uh, thought was adorable. Yeah. Baba takes that as, oh, you knew about the contract too and the fake engagement and blah, blah. So basically, it all spills out what yeah. the whole plan was with this fake engagement. And mm-hmm. Ferit is completely caught off guard. Yeah. And, you know, he basically tells Baba, like, listen, you can't expect me to just accept this and swallow this. This is a huge thing. Yeah, because um, he realizes, well, of course he did this to make Celine jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's basically that whole scene was just that he found out. Um, yes. So then Ingen and Peril – Again, he's trying to make conversation with her, but she's, like, in work mode. And so she's like, clearly you want to hang out in my office, which is fine. I'm going to go work in your office then. And she just <laughs> nopes on out of there. Yeah, yeah. So, and then – oh, go ahead. Okay. This, so, is, this is real, right? Okay, listen. So <laughs> that's my question this week, you guys, real or fake? Because this is, like, one of the hottest scenes. Oh, my if gosh. Not, if not the hottest one of the episode – but it could have gone both ways because of how the scene ended with them like spinning him and like hypnotizing him basically yes. into like his silence, uh-huh. which he clearly remembers in a later scene when they're when you know Ifair and uh, Fifi are trying to get information out of him, and he he's a he's a uh, locked safe, yeah, um, which is like okay. So I feel like it was kind of left up to us because it the way it abruptly ends with him waking up at his desk seems like mm-hmm. it was fake. Right. But I I think because they were spinning him crazy, he like passed out and then they put him back at his desk to wake up there later. That's what I think. The I o- think it was real. The only thing that I would say makes it seem like it might have been a dream is how neither one of them lost it when they noticed him there. It was just like, oh, Air Dem's here staring at us. Like, yeah. I feel like they would have been like, blah, like, <laughs> and like jumped apart. But yeah, so well- – I, my my whole reason I don't think it's a dream is because Airdem had just been told that it was all fake, that the whole relationship mm-hmm. was fake. Mm-hmm. So for him to dream that they were having this little like tryst in the office, like You're a secret tryst, right. doesn't really make sense. Okay. So I think that this hotness was a real situation that happened and yeah, that they spun him into unconsciousness. <laughs> Okay, well, your truth is now my truth because I <laughs> I am here for that because it does down and I assume what they really like to have archive rooms in these DZs. I so. know, so funny, and situations like this always happen mm-hmm. in the archive mm-hmm. room where you're mm-hmm. going <gasps> holding your breath. Uh huh. So he walks out down there and he's like Edda, and she's like, "Did you follow me?" And then, of course, their noses are, like, half of a centimeter apart. Uh-huh. And he's like, what are you doing down here alone? And Airdem's face is all of our faces, <laughs> let me tell you. I was laughing so hard. At the- That's the only thing that tempered the, the heat of the uh-huh. scene or uh-huh. Airdem's reaction. Listen, Sarp, you – I think it's his birthday today or it was yesterday, but – you are an incredible actor because oh gosh. how – I wonder how many takes this scene took because how they just all did not burst out laughing and how he didn't break character and just cackle, I don't <laughs> know. Anyways, so Edna's like, well, I was looking through some documents and he's like, oh, did you? Did you browse the documents? And he's like getting closer to her and she's like, we're at the office and he's all, mm-hmm, but there's nobody here anymore. <laughs> and then Air Dem, he's like, it's just us. And then Air Dem is like, he's like biting his knuckle. <laughs> and then these two, they're 
every part of their faces but their lips are touching. Yeah. And he's like, although, okay, listen, my mind completely went to the gutter here and I'm not even going to listen because he says, listen, listen, he says, there is now a problem we must solve. And then listen, the next shot is when they catch your dem. And there's a plant conveniently right in front of Saracon. <laughs> so you can't see anything. And I'm like, is there a problem that we need to solve, Saracon Bay? <laughs> listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I would be lying if I said my mind did not go there, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> in this little, like, secret tryst uh-huh. back in the archives of the office. Uh-huh. I was like, if that ain't innuendo, then I don't know what is. Yeah, oh because seriously, my go back and watch the scene. And when it, <laughs> when it pans out to them seeing Erdem, there is a plant in the office that is very specifically covering a portion of Krem. And I'm like, uh, was that on purpose? <laughs> um, sorry. Oh my gosh, sorry. Believe. So sorry if there are any pearl clutchers listening. Oh my gosh. Please don't no, hate me. Listen, this is <laughs> whatever. If they have ever listened to us, well, that's true. I don't think that's going to be anyway. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. So now we have Erdem fist biting and they're like, Erdem. <laughs> and then basically they like. Threaten his life. <laughs> threaten his life. They're spinning him in the chair. They have this whole partners in crime mm-hmm. thing where they're like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And then he wakes up at his desk, which again. Now I've decided that your your version is exactly how it went. It is, is that they just spun him into unconscious oblivion. I can guarantee that that is the truth. Okay. <laughs> Come well, at me. <laughs> listen, Aisha never replies anymore. So if she doesn't, if she's not there to confirm it, we're going to confirm it yeah. for ourselves. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So then we have the cute, this cute little ruler stealing scene. I know. It no, is so, he's so adorable. It is so freaking adorable. He's so adorable. He's like a little schoolboy. Like, oh my gosh, I just can't. Because basically, Ed is at her desk and can't find her ruler and pencil. And he walks over from helping the last person he had been talking to mm-hmm. and is like, listen, people do that in this office. Like, I'll tell you a secret. People swipe other supplies all the time. You need to keep an eye on them. And he's like, Again, and he like leans over her and he's like, watch how this is done. And he's like, oh uh, Yusuf, can you grab me those um, files over there? And as soon as Yusuf turns around, he snatches Yusuf's tools and hands them to Ada all uh-huh. like stealthily. And he's like, now what do you say if someone asks about these? <laughs> and she's like, I say they're mine. And then he's like, very good. And like, he's all smiley. And then she's like, do you want to see some of my drawings I'm working on? And then he goes behind her and like leans down over her shoulder oh my gosh and how anything got accomplished after that i don't know but playful sarcon yes the destroyer of ovaries we need to put that on a shirt (laughs) or like cross stitch it on a pillow playful sarcon is the destroyer of ovaries (laughs) 
Put it in the put it in the podcast who's, recording who's room. A, who's a crosstitcher? Please make that for us. Yes, please. <laughs> or even a crocheter. Uh huh. Or a knitter. Or an embroiderer. Or an embroiderer. Is that cross stitching? <laughs> Isn't that kind of the same thing? No. No. Cross stitching. You. I'm just like gonna say cross stitchers everywhere probably just hissed crosses. at me. You do the literal yes. crosses. You're yeah. right. Katie cross stitches. Um. Anyhow, so. <laughs> He kind of gives her some pointers on her sketches, and then she's like, okay, I'll work on this. And mm-hmm. yeah. And that's that. So then Hala comes to the office, mm-hmm. and we get a very interesting little chat. And I put, I, I fair just wants to chat. I was like, yes, that is not a loaded statement at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, she heads into the meeting room. Uh, with Serkan and Ada joins them. And then we get this whole funny – before everything turns very serious, we get right. this whole funny thing of Serkan telling her to call him Serkan like everyone else does mm-hmm. in the office. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone in the office calls me Serkan, not Serkan Bay. I wish you would just call me that just like everyone else. And then Layla comes in and almost strokes out because she can't physically not call him Serkan Bay. <laughs> and, and then when she's like leaving hilarious. and she's like, Ada? I fair and like <laughs> I love that. I that was so it. funny the way she did that. Now, can we just say I I know it was like a little comedic moment, but I love that he like already even though Ifer has no idea that they're together right now, he's mm-hmm. like, "No, I need to get this formality between us gone. Like I need her to yes. just call me Sircon." Like I oh, I love it. Yes. Anyhow. Yeah. So she ends up bringing up Italy and Go ahead. Did well, I has, something? Has she passed out at this point? No, no, no. Okay. No, this is beforehand. Okay. So, because she's like, you know, as you know, Edda couldn't go to Italy. And he's like, well, she will go. Mm-hmm. That is, it's only postponed. The scholarship isn't ruined. She'll be there in two months. Mm-hmm. And Ifer's like, yeah, how weird, huh, that everything changed in the last minute. And she's like, the moment – even just the moment she was about to board the plane at the airport. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah Khan sticks his foot in his mouth and he's like, well, actually, it wasn't when she was about to board the plane, but on the way. Sarah Khan, come <laughs> on. And Ed gives her this very speaking glance, like, excuse me, can you shut up? You're just ruining everything. Mm-hmm. Because I fair, you see a little light bulb flash next to her eyes. And she's like, oh, yes, I mean, uh, airport, yeah, um, Edda, was Serkan there and in the face, in the place of your boss, too? Uh, Edda, Edda, Jim, what mm-hmm. happened? And then <laughs> she falls asleep because yes. the pressure has mounted. <laughs> and, of course, she falls right into Serkan's arms. And doesn't Ifer even say, like, oh, wow, what a great boss you are, like, just catching your employees when exactly. they pass out. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he's like, Edda, Edda, are you okay? Yes. Edda, he's trying to wake her up. But and I, yeah, I just love, I love how he handles this whole situation. Yes. After she passes out. Well, because Ifer's like, listen, if Serkan, if she came back for you, mm-hmm. I will take her and I will leave. Now, okay, I understand Ifer's protectiveness of her niece. Right. I understand. But I feel like 
this happened on both DZs we've covered this season where we like start out with these like super awesome mom characters who are like, oh, they're not a typical DZ mom. Like, mm-hmm. and then they kind of spiral into this like, I'm going to control my adult child's life mode right. and I don't love it. So yeah. I'm kind of like, I hope that that gets curbed next episode because I don't like where this eye fair could go. Right. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. I, I do think to a degree that's probably a cultural thing mm-hmm. that it, we're just not used to as yeah. Americans. Yeah. So for us, the parents don't really – like if you have an interfering parent, it's way more like, oh my gosh, what's their problem? Why are they right. always sticking their nose in their children's business? But I, I don't think culturally it's like that in yeah. Turkey. So Yeah. Um. Anyway, so she's like – but if she's really here for work, then – and if two months, if she does go to Italy, then mm-hmm. I can go home with a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. If she wants to work, I can't help it. I won't stop her. But if there's something else going on – and then he interrupts her and he's like, Edda will go to Italy. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And even when he says like, I'm – like, <laughs> listen, I meant what I said on that first day you met me. Like, yeah, we were fake engaged and you're not happy about that. You weren't in the know. But mm-hmm. I did mean what I said when I said I will never, never hurt Edda. Yeah. And she says, okay. And just like I said on that first day, you seem like a man who keeps your word. Yeah. So – it's kind of a tenuous piece at the mm-hmm. moment between the two of them. Right. Ifer obviously is still not very happy with him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the worst conversation. Right. So I love to when she's like on her way out, she's like, by the way, when she wakes up, don't really believe everything she mumbles out of her mouth because it'll be a lot of nonsense. Don't take it personally. And then when she wakes up, she's like, oh, what charisma is this? Yeah. Like staring at him. I one of the things said, what is this handsomeness? And, oh, I like that better. And then like he kind of smiles a little and she like falls back asleep. I love it that she's like he's like trying to get her to get up and she's like, no, just let me stay here and rest a little bit more. And I'm like, well, yes. I'd be doing the same thing up against that chest. I yeah. Uh... So then we have um Hurt Ferit. He reminds Celine not to miss dinner with his parents. He also throws it out there. I think he's like trying to figure out where she is in all of this because he's like, you know, I started really adoring hanging out with Edda and Serkan. Maybe we can have dinner with them soon. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I just want to hang out with you. Thanks. Yeah. And I don't know if that meant she passed his test or not because part of me is like, did he want her to say no, like, so that, like, meaning, no, I don't want to be around Serkan? Or would it I, – I was trying to figure out, like, what his goal was with that. Because she could have said no because, no, I don't want to be around Serkan and I don't care about them. Yeah. Or she could have said no because she can't handle being around Serkan because she's in love with him. And the same could be said about her saying yes. Like, yes, so I get yeah. a chance to be around him. Or yes, I can – yes, because I can be around him with no problem because I don't feel that way about him. So I – I wasn't really sure what the what the goal was here and what the, what the right answer would have been. Yeah, that's hard. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. I was just like, I don't know. Was that the right answer? It seems to be the right answer, but also I can't tell. So. <laughs> right. Um. Anyways, so basically it's decided they're not going to have dinner with them and she will for sure she's already prepared an apology to his family and all of that mm-hmm. for missing the night before yeah and he then seems happy about it so yes i don't know so then we get oh so oh there's my gosh a, there's another a, cuteness oh another gosh. freaking cuteness so we 
get a team meeting that's happening with like Perel and Sercon and some other people. And he's super distracted. Okay, t- time out really quick though. I swear those window blocks weren't always there though, because I recall other no, scenes. All of those doors can open. All of those little panels can be opened. Okay, because I was like, I swear there's been times when he stared at her through them before, but they were open. They were cracked open. Okay, thank yeah. you. So he's distracted because he keeps trying to see around these panels to where Edda is in the main office. And, you know, so when they're asking for his input, he's like, huh, what? No, it's fine. Like, disperses the meeting like it's just funny so then he calls edda into the conference room he walks or first he walks you're right well first pearl is walking out and he's like pearl he's like hey can we remove these walls (laughs) (laughs) office and she's like no excuse me what you want you want these walls removed fully like you just want them taken down you want the entire structure of the office to change and he's like, well, you know, it'd be much more open. And then I could see everybody as they're working. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no, goodbye. Leave them how they are. <laughs> so then he leans out the door and calls Edda in. And she gets this like little satisfied look on her face as she walks into the conference room. And she's like, yes. And he says, now, Edda, we have a problem. He says, <laughs> and then, he, and again, I'm like, what problem do we have, Sarakon? And he says, I can't work because of you. And she's like, like, she's like, I think I have the same problem too. And it's like, oh my gosh. And he's like, okay, beautiful, good. Like, we're in the same boat. And she's like, but also, I wanted to talk to you. And she says, um, He's like, to mom. And she says, I'm very curious about what you talked to my aunt about, you know, when I was unconscious because (laughs) she may have hypnotized you to get information out of you. And he says, I am convinced that no one but you can hypnotize me. And then he's like, but as a matter of fact, I told her you were definitely going to Italy. She's like, you did well. And he said, yeah. Um, He said, yeah. And she says, because I really am going there. I do want to be there. She's mm-hmm. like, all I did was postpone my departure, but this is my future, my education. And he says, I know. I know that she's afraid that you'll stay here because of me. And I don't want you to be a high school graduate. I want you to get the de- – not that there's anything wrong with high school graduates, you guys. Um, well, it's not her dream. It's just not her dream. Exactly. Yes. So he's like, I don't want that either. And she says, and? And he says, and? She's like, is that why you called me to tell you <laughs> tell me that – I distract you from working. And he's like, well, there's one more problem. And she's like, and what's that? And then he says, "I now there's been a few different translations. In the live tweet, Miriam said, um, I'm becoming a, like, I'm becoming addicted to you. Like, you're very addictive. And uh, and right here, he just says, uh, I'm addicted to you. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, and I don't know what to do about it. And she's like, well, you – now, <laughs> this one – this translation is so bad. What she says is you make my blood boil. Uh-huh. But, but right here he said – right here it says she said, you make my blood circulate faster. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait, is this a compliment? <laughs> 
And she's like, it's not a compliment. Good it's question. a It's not a compliment. It's a fact. She's like, seriously, my blood is just bubbling up to 100 degrees. She's like, something's happening and I get very hot. <laughs> me too, Edda. Me too. I mean, the, the circulation, I guess, could technically be uh-huh. <laughs> an apt translation in yes. that case. Yes. That's if there's a- things happening to her that she doesn't quite understand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow, we our minds are really in the gutter this episode. Um and so he's like, "Okay, well, as your boss, I should tell you we shouldn't be talking about this in the office." And yeah. then the wettest blanket of all the wet blankets walks in. It could not have gotten worse. The parents walking in would not be a wetter blanket than Celine walking in right at the second. Yep. And she basically walks in and um She's cold as ice. At she this is. Point. She is cold as ice, and basically is dropping off some files. And um, you know, doc. She lets him know FA's coming. Baba already mm-hmm. approved it, and he's like, "Well, of course. Well, if Baba approved it, then there's no reason for me to even say anything." Yeah. Um, Edda basically is like, "I'm gonna take my graceful exit because she knows they still need to talk." So she's yes. like, "I'm out of here." Yeah. And um, yeah. Celine ends up asking to quit. At this point. Yes. Um, and Sercon says no. <laughs> He's like, we're going to discuss this. See, and I was like, dude, just let her. I understand wanting to discuss things and clear the air. That needs to happen. Right. But you know what? If she wants to quit, let her quit. Well, and so he's like, look, what about our childhood, our partnership, all these things that we've gone through? Uh, doesn't that at least – relegate me the option of talking to you about this before you quit Mm -hmm. so i understand that he's like look let's let's hash it out let's talk before you make this actual bad decision okay this this decision not a bad decision um and she's like okay fine we'll talk so they plan to talk later on yes so um she leaves and she is outside and basically fa calls and she just reaffirms to him like i'm sorry i'm not interested in selling my shares to you Mm -hmm. we just want to work with you on this we want to partner with you on this project but not in a way where you have shares so that's just reiterated that that's not going to happen yes so engin is trying to get pearl's attention but jaren actually comes in and she's like hey actually pearl can we talk for a second yes and and pearl's like okay but please do me a favor and let's not talk about engin <laughs> and jaren's like okay listen engin is in love with you i literally wrote jaren <laughs> does what engin can't yep only totally. at least when jaren does it it's actually true not yeah. like when edda does it <laughs> yes so let's let's skip to because we we go back to something yeah. else real quick, but let's just I'll keep going with this scene um, because essentially Jaren explains yeah like you said she does what Engin can't and she explains everything to Pearl that even when they very first met he explained that he had an unrequited love for ten years mm-hmm. and that it was all his fault um, and so she's like. I know things have been rough between the two of you, but if you're looking for someone to blame with how things have been going between you and Engin, please blame me. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to help him, but it's kind of caused trouble as well. So right. she's just apologizing for stepping into the situation. She was trying to help, 
but she hopes that Pearl will understand. And Pearl totally does. Absolutely. I love even that she's like, you know, I bet you and I would be great friends. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. I have been asking for this because Pearl deserves a great friend. Jaren is a great friend. Yes. And I love it because she's like – Jaren is like a great friend to everybody. I love her. I know. Well, we'll talk about why she's a great friend later when that scene happens. But um, I – yeah. So basically – it's funny because they're like, should we hug? And they're like, yeah, let's freak Ingen out. Like, because we know it's going to freak him out if he sees us hugging. Which and then it, he breaks a mug. <laughs> he, it, which it does. He drops his coffee mug and it breaks because obviously he has no idea what exactly they are hugging about. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be over their mutual hate of him. It could be, you know. So it is very cute. And um, Jaren basically steps out. Like, you know, she says hi, whatever. But she nopes on out because she has to talk to Serkan. Um, so when she leaves, um, she does make up with Ingen, like, basically, like, I, can I have my male friend back like we had agreed yes. on, all this stuff. So they, they're in a good place. Yes. Um, and Perel basically asks him to a real dinner. Like, yeah. no, don't make reservations. Don't go all fan- – like, don't go all out. Like, let's just have dinner together and let's just hang out and be normal people. Yep. Um, so that great. that is planned. Um, yeah. So we'll backtrack really quick. Basically, Melo and Fifi are at lunch. And I just commented, can I say, I love Elgin, I think is her name. Elgin, Elgin, uh, Melo. Uh-huh. In that shade of green. She yes, looks, it looks great so great with her complexion and her hair color. I mm-hmm. just had to comment how much I loved it. Um, basically, Melo wants to fall in love again. And um, Fifi pulls up like – so she kind of is like making eyes with this guy across the way. And Fifi, of course, <laughs> working her Fifi magic, pulls up this guy's tin- Tinder profile right away. Uh-huh. And I wrote, oh, no. His name is Yeet. Run, Melo, run. <laughs> Seriously. Because I have now met another Yeet in – because right now I'm watching uh, one of Karem's old DZs. And there is okay. a villain in it and his name is And Yeet. he's – oh, whatever. Yeah. So. Terrible. That mm-hmm. name is – Tainted forever. I know. Even though uh, the guy who plays Ebo's brother in uh, Sia Baez Ash, yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. He's His name's yeah, he's a he's a good yeet. <laughs> but, um, anyways, so that's like essentially it. It's all right. Everyone loves Zuzu and Jack. Um, yeah, I, we heard Jack earlier. We heard Jack earlier. That was Zuzu just now. I couldn't. I didn't know if you heard Jack or not. But anyhow um they have their opinions too so they're yes. just they're just sharing them with us uh-huh. so you know basically melo's just ready to date again and fall in love and fifi's trying to show her like okay but you can't believe everything you see like be careful yes. you know yeah that's essentially what that whole scene is yeah and she's, yeah she's basically gonna help her with her dating profile yes. and she's gonna set it up for her and manage it for her she's gonna try to help melo with her dating so yeah that's all so now um oh yeah it's idon because uh-oh. she's frustrated because she can't get people to answer the phone she thinks that um she's like why aren't Celine and Sircon together and then she calls Pearl for info and Pearl essentially is like oh yeah Eda's gone whatever blah 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 but they're on video mm-hmm. and idon sees Eda in the background yes yep and so then she, she just flips out. <laughs> yeah. So Safi basically needs to bring her some calming tea. Now, mm-hmm. for someone who swears she stays out of her son's affairs, I'm oh, gonna yeah. call BS on that right here because that's yeah. not what's happening at all. Not at all. Um, so then we get, okay, melt my heart scene because Jaren 
is basically updating Sercon on the whole lawsuit with the stolen chandeliers and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, you know, not only did we win, but there is going to be a big cash settlement too. Yes. And he says, can you donate it to an orphanage secretly? And we, and he says a certain orphanage. Mm-hmm. And um, Jaren's like, yes, I can. She's like, is this a secret from Edda? And he's like, it's a secret, especially from Edda. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this dang man, I swear. Like, I know. Oh, and then enter Edda, who's like, Jer, what are you doing here? And she's like, Edda, what are you doing here? Sercon's my client. Like, Yes. So they kind of dance around each other a little mm-hmm. bit and they're like, oh, we'll talk later. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jaren's like, okay. She's like, well, I'm going to get the paperwork, Sercon. Will you be here if I come back? And he's like, yep, I'm here till the evening. Yes. And then she's like, okay, Edda, I'll see you at home. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. she's kind of guaranteeing, yeah, you'll see me and we're going to talk. Yes. And then you love how she brings her drawings to him and he's just like staring at her and not uh-huh. her drawings at all. Oh my yeah. gosh. And then Boy is distracted. Yes, he is. And basically she's like, Oh, I forgot one. Let me go get it. And then mm-hmm. um does anything happen with that? No, it's just the end of the scene. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure yeah. if they actually went through the photos. Okay. Yeah. So this is where stuff starts getting crazy because oh. Ferry calls Celine mm-hmm. and he happens to be driving home right at that second and she lies to him and says she's at the office and she's gonna see she's like oh I'm at the office I still have some stuff to do I'll meet you at your parents house later mm-hmm. so he had pulled up all, he was heading home and he sees that she's not at the office she's mm-hmm. right outside their house mm-hmm. getting ready to get into her car so he hops in his car and he follows her. He's like, oh, you're at the office? And I can't even blame him at this point. Like, no, neither can I. It was a little bit like before the first time he followed her, I was kind of like, oh, man, if you're at the point in your relationship where you're having to follow your fiance, like maybe it's time to call it quits, dude. This is like sad. But this, I was like, well, you literally blatantly caught her in a lie right now. Of course, yes. you're going to follow to see where the heck she goes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. So then um, she – she goes off to see him. Then – oh, then Ada does come back with the last drawing. Okay. And she asks him, like, are you – because he looks kind of distracted. And she's like, are you all right? And he's like, uh-huh. And she's like, is Celine all right? Okay. I I think I – That's okay. No, no. Meant to screenshot this and then I did it or yeah, something? Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't screenshot it. It's just a short scene because basically he tells her, we're going to talk today. Like, we're finally okay. going to talk in person. So she's like, okay, then I'm going to – you do that. I'm going to go home. I need to deal with my aunt. She's clearly not thrilled and well about all of this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, I'll see you tonight. And she's like, uh, no, you won't. And he's like <laughs> – well, you better figure out a way to see me tonight or I'm going to go talk to your aunt. And <laughs> she's like, "Um, what are you talking about? I just can't find a way to come over. And he's like, listen, you wanted to hide or are you, so you're going to find a way. And she's like, oh, my gosh, is Bullot stubbornness a trait? And he's like, uh, pot, kettle. <laughs> and it's really cute. And she's like, OK, fine. I'll find a way to come to you tonight. Mm-hmm. So I did like that so that it didn't leave the scene unsure since he's about to meet with Celine. Like, I yes. like that it's like we already have plans to be together tonight. Yes. Um. So then Celine shows up. Yes. So this conversation is brutal. Mm-hmm. So essentially, he's like telling her, you're very important to me, really. You always have been. We've been 
friend since childhood. You've been there for me despite everything, despite everything I've gone through. And you're even here with me now. And she's like, yeah, I am. He's like, but Celine, we tried. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I do love this because he finally, finally, finally is saying, look, mm-hmm. we may have danced around all of this before, mm-hmm. but I am telling you now that we tried, we tried to be together for a long time, but it didn't work. And she's getting emotional. Right. Because he's, he's, like, he's probably never, ever said these words before. Not so clearly out loud. No. Yeah. So he's like, I told you before that I consider you to be the most logical person for me. And she's like, but I was approaching it differently, Sarkhan. She says, you were always first. You were always the most important to me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, by the way, Ferit is listening to this entire conversation. Yes. She's like, you were more important than everyone. You were more important than everything. You were even more important than me. And he's like, Celine, please don't cry. And she says, Sarkhan, it took all my courage and everything that I had to come and talk to you. Mm-hmm. I told you that if you wanted me to, I would leave Ferit. Uh, and poor, then, but, poor fairy to have I to hear know, that. I know. She's like, and then Edda comes to me and says that the two of you had a contract and that it was fake and that you really love me. You told me you were leaving and that I should wait for you. And then I waited for hours. I waited for hours and then you never even came. Mm-hmm. She's like, Sarkhan, I don't even know why I'm here. I want to leave immediately. And... She's like, I want to leave. And he's like, no, you're right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And you can be sure. He's like, you're a very brave person. You're braver than I am just for coming. Mm-hmm. He's like, you came, you told me everything, and I couldn't even say anything. He's like, I couldn't even say anything to Eda either. Mm-hmm. She wanted to leave and fly to Italy. I wanted to come to you. I wanted to listen to the voice of reason. But that didn't end up working out. Mm-hmm. And she says, because you love her. And he confirms to Celine, Mm -hmm. yes, I love her. So they're like, well, and this is, I don't know, because she says, you and I have experienced something very similar, but you managed to connect with your beloved. My congratulations. Yeah. So I took that as like, yeah, all those things you were talking about, I experienced them too where you're concerned. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Well, the reason I, like, started to make a comment is because it's just, like, yeah, because you don't love Farid. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. horrible. I know. So Farid hears all of this, and he starts to just crumble. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's having some sort of a panic attack or something, which yeah. we find out later it was a panic attack. And then Jaren is coming with the paperwork and she sees him as mm-hmm. her driver drives her up and she runs out and she's like, Farid, are you okay? What's going on? She helps him into the car. They take mm-hmm. him to the hospital and poor Farid has heard his fiance essentially admit she doesn't love him and that she was going to leave him right. if, if uh, Serkan had given her any indication yeah. that he still had feelings for her. Exactly. So because – you know, what he doesn't wind up hearing is when, you know, they're inside the office now and Celine's basically telling him, telling uh, Sarkhan, you know, listen, I'm done hurting Farid. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Listen, if he wants me to not be around you and 
I need to start cutting back my hours here or not be the PR person anymore or not be a partner in the holding, then that's what yeah. I'm going to do. Yep. And he's like, I understand. Yep. But of course, Farid – accepts at, it. Yeah. But Farid at this point hasn't heard any of that because he's been no. swept away to the hospital. So yes. then we pan over to – it's very sweet. Um, I wrote, Fair Jer is having tea. And he's just kind of – venting to her uh-huh. and you know just like listen there was something in front of my face for a really long time i've been trying to downplay it not think it's as serious or as bad as it is but mm-hmm. basically i have really big decision to make and you know in life comes difficult decisions but my eyes were opened today and now i just i have some stuff ahead of me that i need to deal with yeah. and he you know i i think she knows exactly what he's talking about right. but you know she just kind of nods in understanding and he's like and i'd really appreciate it if you kept it between us which she of course promises like zips her you know locks her lips you know yes. throws away the key and it's very sweet he's like i'm so sorry this is the first way we're like really officially meeting you know and she's like yeah. no not at all like i'm glad i could be there like yeah it scared me but i'm glad i could help you and she even offers to because she's like i have to get back you know can i can i give you a lift he's like no yeah. i've already inconvenienced you enough i've called my driver like it's fine um so and then in the fragment for next week we have another little meet cute dropping of paperwork with them yeah, and you know so that's interesting I would so it gives me hope that they're maybe not going to totally villainize him because I am um, I really hope they don't because I, at this point he sure has a lot of motivation to turn yes, into a he villain he does and information for which to wield in his villain power yeah so I like I. I'm kind of like, all right, maybe it doesn't need to happen right away because he's been heartbroken. But I am down with him and Jaren getting together. Like, I know I've been all about him and Melo, but I wouldn't hate him and Jaren either. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want him to fall in love with one of Ida's friends and find true love. Like, (laughs) so anyhow, um, so yeah, they they depart. And so now we're back at home. Edda, again, I love that they made this clear. She tells Fifi, like, hey, the four of us need to talk when ants, when yes. Auntie and Erdem aren't around. I really need to tell you guys something. Like, I want to tell you guys. Yeah. Because then at least when it finally does come out, it's not going to be like, you kept this from us. Like, she's clearly been making the effort. Um, but Melo's stuck at work and she's, like, scrolling Tinder and all this crazy stuff. And so clearly nothing's going to happen tonight as far as talking with the girls because Jaren's yeah. also working late. Um, mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Edda's like, I have a work dinner. Yeah, and, and they're like, oh, what kind of a business dinner? What kind of a work dinner? She's like, oh, just a regular one. And Ardem is like, oh, I was invited too, but I decide I was tired and I decided I wanted to stay home instead. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and th- so she kind of takes off and then mm-hmm. we get this funny little scene where he avoids the interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, no, no, I'm not the old Ardem anymore. And he's like <laughs> – I love it because he like gets his little boost of boldness and he's yes. like he's like damn you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He's like I'm standing strong and I'm not going to say anything for all humiliated men in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, he again, he's a gem. Like what an actor. He's Sarp is great. And I even iFair is like, oh man, you're hilarious. Uh-huh. I've never met a person like you in my entire life. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Well, and it makes me wonder, like, was that like an improv scene and was that really her reaction? And they just kept it because Maybe. they've done that before with scenes of his. Like Yeah. So anyhow, we get okay. I'm just gonna kind of mull over this. I didn't take screenshots because 
Perel and Ingen have dinner at the office. He set up like a sushi date in the office for her, put mm-hmm. twinkle lights and stuff. It's very cute. And they're eating and chatting. We kind of get a montage for a while of just that. We don't see what's being said. But yes. um, she kind of tells him like she wants to talk like to adults because he's like, remember when I made you drinks and it was so fun and this? And she's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to get drunk and be goofy. Like I want to talk like to adults. And he just wants to have dinner. Yeah. And she's like, well, I want to talk seriously because 10 years have passed. We've been, quote, talking for 10 years, but nothing's really been said. And, right. you know, and she's like, and my mind is confused because you'll make it you know, you'll come into my office with coffee and this and that. But then, like, it, nothing gets followed up with that. Like, you do this right. sweet thing, but then you don't actually tell me anything. So then I don't know if you were just doing that to be considerate or doing that because you like me. And, you know, yeah. he does say, like, I like you. You're important to me. And she's like, well, I like you and you're important to me, too. And she's waiting, like, and he's like, well, you know, she's getting frustrated. And he's like, well, I promise I'll be more careful about that. And she's like, no, you're missing the point. I don't want you to be careful. Right. And she's and waiting. Like, well, what should I do? Yep. And she's like, you should talk. Tell me what you're feeling. And mm-hmm. he's like, but I plan to tell you everything. And then w- I I plan it all out and I say it in my head. But then when the time comes, nothing starts to come out right. And he's kind of babbling. Mm-hmm. And then finally to shut him up, she kisses him. Right. But <laughs> she's even annoyed because after they have this very nice kiss that was a far better close up than what we got of Ed Sarah's kiss. I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, but – um. She pulls back and she's like, and still, after all that, you still made me make the first move. And mm-hmm. so she's like, don't talk to me. And she yeah. like storms out. So yeah. things are a little rocky. Yes. And then so we have tiptoe sneaking. Get, yep. So Edda sneaks in for her business dinner with her boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get a really cute cooking montage what, with the two of them. What kind of business do you think they're going to get down to oh. at this dinner? They're not defeating any Huns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they they cook together. They're finishing up their salad. And then they have a little dinner. And then I said couch reclining. Okay. But even when they're cooking, like, oh, my gosh. Like, the way With he's, the like. staring. Yes. And, and he's, like, behind her. And he, like, rests his nose on her shoulder mm-hmm. and kind of gives her shoulder a soft kiss while she's chopping bell peppers. And, like, it just, oh, my gosh. It's so cute. And then we get the couch snuggles. Yep. Which and are oh. it's so cute because again, his big old arm, I mean I'm sorry, his big old hand is on her little arm. Uh-huh. And his other hand is around her shoulder and they're like holding they're like hands. Holding hands. Okay, and I just discovered today that's a Karem thing because I was trying to show friends of ours pictures of um his last I'll just say his last known girlfriend, because obviously we don't know all the inner workings of his personal life. But okay. Basically, um, and there's like a paparazzi shot of them like walking around and they're walking down the street and he's got his arm around her while her hand is like lifted up holding uh, his hand at her shoulder. And I was like, oh, so that's a Karem thing. So anyways. All right. Continue. Well, there we go. So they're all snoogled up. <laughs> yes. And she's just – everybody's content mm-hmm. and they're sighing and she says, I just want to remember this moment in my memory. Isn't it so beautiful? And he says, yes. He's like, but be careful. It means that suddenly something will happen and you'll feel bad and you'll fall asleep. <laughs> He's so concerned about her passing out. <laughs> well, that's what she says. She says, are you worried about me, Sarkhan Bolat? And he says, no, it's just, I mean, I think we should fix this problem with you falling asleep. 
This is why, starting tomorrow, you're going to start playing some sports with me. Okay. Now, I am all for them, like, boxing or horseback riding or what, or working out together. But Can what- they wrestle, please? Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, clearly that's at the top of the list. So, but my thing is, well, and Karem is really a very good boxer. So, it mm-hmm. would be very cool to see him, like, teach her how to box. But, yeah. Anyhow, how does this – what is this actually going to do to help her falling asleepness? That's what I'm – Okay. So I'm not he's, missing something. No. I think he's just being Sarkhan. Okay. And he thinks that her being more fit and more healthy is going to solve all her problems. Okay. Because he is obsessed with being fit and healthy. Okay. As a person. So okay. that's all I think this is. Okay. Continue. Yeah. So she's like, oh, great. Yeah. Do sports with you under the supervision of a doctor? No way. He's like, no, you're just going to practice, Ada. So they talk about what they're going to do, and he gives some suggestions. She ends up saying, like, okay, well, we could ride horses or do some boxing. That sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Um, so he's like, oh, does it fit? I assumed it would. So good. And he's, uh-huh. like, smiling at her all cute. <laughs> and then his big old hand is, like, stroking her hair, stroking her face. like, oh And gosh. then he, like, does that thing where his, like, thumbs on the corner of her lips. Oh, uh-huh. guys, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. And she's like, oh, are you pushing me? Which I was like, okay, this is an interesting piece of the conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, are you pushing me? And he says, oh, I don't know. Am I? He says, you haven't seen anything yet. Okay, vote for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the other one? I voted for, um, what was it that he said to her, like, Somehow uh, I'll convince you. So yes. I'm I'm waiting for somehow, somehow and, and anything. anything. Please. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so he asks what she's thinking about. <laughs> While they're like says, touching I, foreheads. I know. And she's <laughs> like, I told you I want to remember this moment as accurately as possible. I mm-hmm. don't want to wake up from this dream. What about you? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I – oh, my heart. Okay. So you he, <laughs> guys – because he says, well, I'm wondering when you'll start to get fed up with me. Are, I was like, oh, he's still self-conscious. He, I mean, and of from, course what, he still is. I from mean, what we learned last episode about his childhood, mm-hmm. can you blame him? No, like, not at all. He's had to rely on himself since he was a kid. And like, just the fact that he's like already thinking about, he, he can't even fully enjoy what he's having with her because he's like, I already know this is going to end. You're going to get sick of me. And how many times did he say to Celine, to Engen, listen, mm-hmm. her eyes don't shine for me. Listen, she's happier when I'm not in her life. She's tired of me already. She's just waiting for everything to be done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So – Poor baby is still self-conscious. Mm-hmm. But good old mm-hmm. Ida says, fed up with you. In my opinion, it's impossible to get fed up with you because you are just the most – and she stops and uh-huh. we have another. He says, uh-huh. the most – finish your sentence. She says, the most romantic robot in the in world. In the world. And he, <laughs> again, we get another good Karem laugh, this lighthearted, like, heartwarming laugh. And he's like, hmm, the most romantic robot in the world. A romantic robot. And he's like, okay. And he says, so, don't you think it's time for confessions? And she says, first, you confess. And he's like, well, I already told you that I'm madly in love with you, Edda Yildiz. Mm-hmm. And then she says, 
our feelings are mutual, Serkan Bolat. And you yes! guys, do you remember? This is exactly what I wished for when they were going to finally confess their love. Is that one of them? I mean, my wish was more that one of them would just blurt it out, like, kind of in a fit of rage, but right. it would be, like, a love confession, and then the other person would be like, well, the feeling is mutual. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit tweaked. But I just <laughs> love that the response was our feeling – our feelings are mutual. It There there is, like, no other way for them to confess their love to one another. One of them had to say that, and I love it. So cute. So um, then we get – oh, actually, wait. Is this where it switches to Celine? Um, so well, we get some more adorable face touching and then Celine, we just literally, it's like a 10 second switch from them to Celine not finding Federi and leaving him a voicemail basically. Yeah, because he didn't show up at his parents for dinner. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now we're back to the babies. Yes, we are. And he's like stroking her face some more and like looking at her with <laughs> stars in his eyes. I can't. And it is like, so do you still – and I, the, even this, I was like, if this isn't poetry, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Because she says, so do you still stargaze every night? Mm-hmm. And he's like, not as often as before, no, because he doesn't need to stargaze, you guys, because Eda is his star. Ah, oh, my gosh. That's so good. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love that so much. Why am I crying? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my that, gosh. I'm shocked that did not I, occur to you. I I don't know, but I love it so much. <laughs> Keep going. I can't talk. <laughs> so she says, so... So what kind of star are we going to be watching tonight? And he says, oh, that's a great question. Because, Junku, I have a little surprise for you. And lo and behold, this man named a star, the star Eda Yildiz. He named it after her. He gives her the little certificate. We get oh this beautiful gosh. moment. He shows her where it is in, this, in the sky. It's right next to Sirius. So he's got his... Probably the two things he loves most mm-hmm. are up in the sky right next, next to, to each, each other. other. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then we get – it's like starts to rain and it gets all stormy and they're oh just staring at each other like the two most in love people in the world. And he and like – when he puts his – I wrote to mom when he puts his chin on her shoulder and wraps his arm like all the way around her front. I died. I died a little death. And like, ugh. And why is... Okay. There are great kisses out there. Mm -hmm. But why is it that when the man grabs the girl's face to like grab her and pull Uh her in for a kiss, that that is the best. And then puts his other hand on the back of her head like into her hair. Like he like digs his fingers into her hair. I'm Uh going to devour you. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, it starts to rain. Apparently, this gets filed away again with the six-minute dryers and things and such because it mm-hmm. literally just starts to storm and rain out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works. And, you know, uh, we get – I put – we get a far too short, kind of bluntly cl- cut off and blurred out back of yeah. head grab and kiss, but – it's very cute because we get there laughing and hugging and snuggling close. And she's like, look how romantic this turned out because mm-hmm. it's raining out and they're snuggling. So it 
I did love it as much as I would have loved to see a little more of the making out part. I loved I loved the whole like feel they gave you that they're just like all cozied up and yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like they're off in a little cabin together away from the rest of the world. And I hope to God that's what really happens next episode because if that fragment is clowning us, I don't know. I'm going to do something to the admin of the MF Yupum Twitter because (laughs) – Oh my gosh. I, they're, they're such tro- trolls. They troll us. It's so rude. <laughs> it's incredibly rude. So meanwhile, Fairy is having a crisis and it's mm-hmm. really sad because it, it is really sad. Yeah. This whole thing was heartbreaking. Um he's just sad in his car. He finally turns on his he turns his airplane mode off of his phone now i feel like it should have been raining here too that would have been very fitting for that's this true. moment yeah anyways it keep going been. Mm-hmm. so essentially he gets celine's voicemail and he texts her that he has some stuff to do mm-hmm. and he don't to not wait up for him yeah so so we have the next day and um Erdem is like scrolling Tinder profiles and some of them are his that he's like trying to contact Fifi on. Like is is he like so, catfishing her a little bit with different yes, – That's okay. what I got. I thought he was choosing a, pi- a profile picture so that he could cat- catfish Fifi. Uh-huh. So, okay. That's what I thought because I was like, all right, this is a little creepy. But because it's Fifi, I feel like she's going to just know. Like yeah. she'll know and she won't actually get catfished. But – um. So we switch over to Celine getting her wedding hair and makeup done. It's just a whole montage. And then um, the prep and Melo's on the phone taking care of things because, as we know, she's kind of been the one planning their wedding. And she's waiting downstairs. Edda comes down looking like a real-life princess. Give mm-hmm. me a break. Yeah. And That's what um, Milo says, too. She's like, you look like a princess. She's gorgeous. And, well, she says, are you going to try to show up the bride? Oh, <laughs> and, yes. Um, well, it, it must be as they're, like, leaving. She, um, oh, she okay. She does call yeah. her princess. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, of course, Ifair's kind of like, wait, Edda's going? And she's like, yes, Hala. Like, it's a company thing, blah, blah, blah. So Melo and Edda are on their way and they leave. Mm-hmm. Then we pan over to scenes that I would like to make a requirement in every episode from here on out. Uh, Ser- yeah. Sercon finishing up getting ready, putting on his coat and straightening his tie, putting uh-huh. on his watch. What is it about a man putting his watch on? Like I don't know. But I said I will take this dressing montage. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. And I put also, again, he never takes off his ring and I love it so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Baba Bola and Idon kind of make up. Idon apologizes yes. for keeping him in the dark. Um, Kadir Bey actually arrives and, yes. you know, say, he so he goes, news. I put the explosive bomb is being delivered. It hasn't detonated yet, but it's now in Alptakin's hands because as we all new already it -hmm. is now confirmed that the orphaned girl is edda the people who were killed were her parents um all the stuff so baba of course is in shock he's freaking out yeah uh kadir leaves he gets his money from baba idon walks in and is like what's going on it's very emotional he eventually explains to her shows her the proof of who edda is and you know listen 
Idon, like Celine, is a multifaceted character. She is not a villain. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't make the greatest choices. Right. And right here, though, I don't think I've ever hated her more because she immediately not, isn't like this poor girl. She immediately is like, oh, she must already know and is here for revenge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, the girl who helped you with your anxiety, the girl who walked through a gate with you, the girl who held your hand and has done so much for your family is here for revenge. Like – I did not like that that's where she immediately went, like, rather than, like, holy crap, we ruined this girl's life. Yeah, I mean, clearly she is going to have some trust issues as well, and it's not like I, – I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't as harsh on her about mm-hmm. this whole thing okay? because she – it's the heat of the moment. They just found this out. It's mm-hmm. a, It's an awfully big coincidence. Yeah. So she's like – crap what's going like is this mm-hmm. what's happening is this why all of this is this why she's here is this why she's in our lives mm-hmm. what is this about um and then this is interesting because she says don't ever dare to tell Sercon, but he alptikin is like no i have to mm-hmm. he already mm-hmm. blames us for everything that happened in his childhood yep so i think for for idon to be to play devil's advocate you know, Idan already has lost one kid. Okay. And Serkan clearly had a terrible childhood. Yeah. Dealt with the loss of his brother. Mm-hmm. Has all of these um, anxieties himself because of what mm-hmm. he went through as a child. I think she's pretty stinking protective of him. Okay. And that's why I'm thinking that she immediately jumped to the bad worst conclusions. Conclusion. Yes, the worst conclusion. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, but I do love that Baba is like firm on no, he deserves to know. Mm-hmm. He already doesn't forgive me. We already have a terrible relationship. So basically, I have nothing to lose. It's only yeah. going to get worse if I don't tell him the truth. Right. So now here's what I wrote. I wrote, I both love and hate this because, you know, I, know. I love angst. So like I love that this is this <laughs> like aspect to the story. And I love the whole Catch-22 because it's very reminiscent of Seda Jason, where mm-hmm. these two wouldn't have even found each other if not for the horrific events that happened in their past. Yes. Um, but yet you don't – you're not happy that those horrific events happened. Like, I'm not right. happy she lost her parents. I'm not happy he lost his brother. Um, but – so it's almost like they wouldn't have found their true love in one another yeah. – if she had not been an orphan because she'd be living a very different life, she'd be yep. able to afford to go to school. She wouldn't have had that scholarship. It wouldn't have led to any of this. However, yeah. she lost her parents. So it's like that weird thing of like yeah. maybe it's going to turn out where it's like, well, my parents my parents led you to me like kind of a thing like it right. did in Sada Jason. Like, you know, right. I think they brought you to me. Um so, yeah, I just love that it's like this catch-22 because we wouldn't have them together if it weren't for these events. But these events are so horrific that they could tear them apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, we get a quick scene where uh, Grandma Yildiz calls Ifair. And Ifair's like, how dare you call me? She's all mad. But the grandma essentially explains that Edda is the one who called to reschedule the the scholarship and so i fair puts two and two together <laughs> and she realizes that it's all Eda and serkan and that there's more to meet there's more than meets the eye and i situation. am here for it because like mm-hmm. i said from the get-go 
The second they alluded to them having to keep their relationship a secret, I was not happy about it, mostly because of how long it went on for in Erkenji Kush and the hot mess it made. Oh, god! And so I'm like – That was so frustrating. Yes. So it was like, no, we can't have that happen again. Um, yeah. So I was like, I wanted the number to be up this episode, but it wasn't. However, this scene tells me it's going to come out next episode. Mm-hmm. So at least we only had one episode of hiding. Yes. And even from one of the fragments, it looks like she's coming clean to Ifair. So oh, good. Um, or at least the girls, but I'm pretty sure Ifair too, because I'm sure Ifair is going to confront her about this exact thing. And then sure. it's going to be like, okay, well, I wanted to tell you, but then you said what you said and I was afraid to. But I believe in Sarkhan's love for me and my love for him. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I'm like, thank God it only lasted an episode. Yeah, seriously. So then we get Celine while mm. finishing getting ready for her wedding. Basically, she calls F.A. and decides, you know what? I'm going to sell my shares to you. Yep. Um. So part of me was like, okay, are we phasing her out as a character? I kind of hope not because while she's like a roadblock, like – because if she's going to quit PR, if she's not going to be a part of the co- – she's not going to be part of the holding anymore if she sells her shares to F.A., like oh. really what reason is there for her to stick around in a prominent way? So That I'm, is a good point. And I didn't she, think about that. And she just got her closure with Sercon. And yeah. the way this episode ends, yeah. like she could very well be on her way out. And I'm not wishing that on B-Gay at all. Don't get me wrong. No. Yeah. That's just you're, – you're right. That seems to be wrapping things up with – Mm-hmm. potentially wrapping right. things up with her character storyline. Unless they're going to, again, completely villainize her and she's like, well, now I'm going to do to Sarakon what he did to me and I'm going to do everything I can to break him and Edda up. But I yeah. feel like that would be out of character for her because the fact that she's right. like, I'm happy that you found your tr- your beloved. I just, you know, I'm sad that it, <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, yes. So I'm very yeah, – I'm just – that's interesting. I'm curious. And like it seems like we're making it where Farid's going to stick around because now he – Will now have more shares in the company than Celine does. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's, I feel like we're making a play for him to be more of a prominent character and Celine not to be. So yeah. I'm, anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Um, so Ferit comes down. He slept late, so he basically comes down, says hi. Um, she explains that she's made a big decision. And she tells him that she's not going to work with Sarkhan anymore, and she promises that she'll make him very happy. So things still seem pretty good. Ferry is excited. Yep. Because he's like, I'm going to go get dressed now. He gives her a yep. hug. Um, and then, okay, we get an Edda slow babe walk. Oh, she gets such a babe walk with a red carpet and everything. Oh, my gosh. So she's walking up the red carpet. She trots up the stairs and my goodness Sarkhan just walks out and is staring at her waiting at the top of the stairs and when she walks up to him he looks at her and he says what are you trying to do (laughs) and she's like what what happened and he says are you trying to kill me (laughs) and he's like nobody knows about us I can't touch you I can't hug you I can't kiss you, and you look like that. And she, this I, is, this right here is my id. This uh-huh. is like, oh, I love crap like this where they're like, "Are you serious right now? Uh-huh. Are you trying to kill me?" I know it's <laughs> so so affected by how beautiful the girl is. I'm like, yes, 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 feed it to me. I want more. <laughs> this tiny little scene right here is the only good thing. About a secret relationship is uh-huh. that is that interaction right there. Uh-huh. 
And I love it because she's like, you can handle a few hours. Besides, it'll give you time to miss doing all of that. Uh-huh. So basically, so. absence makes the heart grow fonder. And then yeah. you can kiss and touch and hug me all you want. Um, so then they walk in. Um, yeah. I will say I'm very – I'm. I hate when they put scenes in the fragment that don't wind mm. up happening in the episode. Oh, what, now, did I, what did I miss for this? So there is a small chance it could happen at the beginning of next episode. Um, okay. But I, I, it could – I don't know though. So do you remember in one of the fragments when Baba is are walking around the corner and sees them alone and she reaches down and takes Serkan's hand because, again, they're in a secret relationship, so they're away from everyone at the wedding. Yeah. And she holds his hand, like, in a reassuring move, and Baba sees it and is like, oh. oh. Like, realizes they're together together. Like, it's not fake. That scene never happened. That's true. So, so hmm. I'm thinking it could happen at the beginning of next episode because it could be maybe after he comes back from chasing Celine after everything happens that we're about to talk yeah. about um, that maybe she just kind of reassures him like, I understand why you did it. You've known her a long time. Like something like that, you know. That actually um, makes sense. So it, Maybe for like the, the opening. Yeah. Scene. Just because it, it seemed like a very sweet scene and kind of poignant for Alptekin to see that these two are really in love. So I was yes. very surprised it got cut from the episode. Um, hmm. Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. So, yeah, yeah. So they walk in. It's wedding time. Oh, wedding time. This was kind of funny because Pearl like teleports, is what I said. Because <laughs> as Celine, Celine and Ferdy walk up mm-hmm. and they pan over to everybody watching. Mm-hmm. And you see Serkan, you see Eda, and right next to them is Pearl. And she's looking so beautiful, by the way. I love yes. her like that. She's in and blue, too, right? And blue yes. looks amazing on her. She uh-huh. looks so good. Uh, and then as the scene continues and the wedding is, like, underway, suddenly Perot is at the table to the witness. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So she, I was like, oh, Perot teleports. Or she the- winds up at the table. Okay. Yeah. So okay. anyway, that's just a funny <laughs> like, observation that I had. Yeah. So they walk in. They sit down at the table for the vows and all of that. And the vows get read off. You know, are you doing this of your own accord? And yeah, which and is Celine's like, yes, uh-huh. She's like right up to the microphone. Yes, she is all uh, all in as far as we can tell. Uh-huh. And but then it, when it's Ferit's turn, our boy finally finds his voice. And while I admire oh that, and gosh. while I am glad he doesn't marry her, because really it was doomed from the start. Uh-huh. I'm like, uh, you couldn't have figured this out even ten minutes ago, like. Before y'all yeah. sat down and it's going to become this thing. Um, but know, also – go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> but also, I also am like, well, I don't feel that bad that it happened to Celine because literally she's been terrible to him until the last like 10 minutes. Like of like, I'm all in. I'm selling my shares. I'm completely removing myself from Serkan. But she's been horrible. I mean, even the things she said to Serkan that Ferit overheard, like the fact that she was willing to leave him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's at a part of his like – At the drop of a hat. At the at drop a, of a hat. At a wink and a nudge from Serkan. Yeah. At a maybe one day we'll be together, she would give up Ferry. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm like, I don't feel that bad for her that it happened. No. I don't feel bad for her. And yeah. this, the second that this happened, because I, I hear you about, yeah, you know, Ferry, you, you could have done this 10 minutes ago. But I do think that – it, because, you know, they, they show him kind of having flashbacks of everything that's mm-hmm. happened, everything that he's heard her say. Uh, 
with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that sitting at the table, it all hit him. Yeah. And he was like, oh my gosh, she loves another man. Yeah. And what I, I can't do this. Yeah. He's like, I can't. He literally says – I can't. I can't. Yeah. He keeps saying I can't. Yeah. Um, he's like, this is too serious. Mm -hmm. I can't go through life with a woman who loves another man. And she's like, please. Now, this was interesting. Her wording uh -huh. was interesting because she says, Ferit, please don't leave me here. Please. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say, Ferit, I love you. Uh-huh. Please. I care about you. She yeah. doesn't make it about him. She makes it about herself. Yep. P yeah. Please don't humiliate me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an and excellent point. Yep. And he's like, I wish I had the courage to do this all sooner. I would I would have. I'm so sorry. I can't. I can't. So, and then he leaves. Yeah. And then because I watched this scene mm -hmm. and all I could hear was this. Well, let's just say she got what she deserved. Yeah, that's that's all I heard. And Moran will love that because <laughs> – and I, like, went and found the video clip of this in order to have it for the podcast because oh I was my like, gosh. I have to have this. So. <laughs> anyway, okay. So there, – There's some Hans Landa for you, Moran. <laughs> <laughs> she will very much appreciate that. So – after he leaves, Celine's just up there like, holy crap. And she looks over to Peril and, you know, it's kind of tunnel vision. And she just looks at Peril and kind of whispers like, what do I do? And mm -hmm. Peril says to her, Sakino, mm -hmm. like, t calm down. You know, you you stay calm. You slow yeah. down. You take it easy. Um, And, you know, she gets up and just kind of flees. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I had so many mixed feel feelings when I watched this scene because – Watching it live, my immediate thing was like, Sarakon, you don't leave your woman standing right there and okay. flee to run after your ex-girlfriend who she already clearly is like still kind of like insecure about. Right. Um, just the way you're insecure that she's going to get fed up with you. Uh, Edda has some real insecurities when it comes to Celine still. Like, right. I mean, even the fact that he had confessed his undying love for her and she still was like, okay, but how do you feel about Celine? Like – Right. There's there's some insecurity there, understandably. So mm -hmm. I immediately was like, no, you like take her with you and you go after her or you say, listen, I feel bad because I'm probably hugely responsible for this. I need to go after her. Something. But after I watched it the second time, I was like, okay, they've been friends since they were kids. <laughs> yeah. He Again, he knows he has a portion of responsibility in this. Um, and so, you know, and who wants to see someone that they've known their whole life, like humiliated and hurt like that? Yeah, he wanted them to break up, but I'm sure yes. this is not how he envisioned it happening. Exactly. Um, you know, because again, his breakup reasons were all for business, not because he wanted Celine for himself. Yes. So, you know, I, I had two very different reactions watching it two different times. Um, where it's like, I get it, but also I was like, oh, I hate that Ada just was left standing there. But right. um, I think this is a good setup, though, for them both because I think we're going to have to address insecurities in this next episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, um, because they're – again, with the fragment, like, we see some stuff where she's like, you know, Celine's always around. It's always Celine. Um, I feel like there's a distance between us because I think maybe one of two things. He feels really guilty about – 
the fact that he played a role in what happened to Celine and then maybe feels like he doesn't deserve to be happy with Edda and mm-hmm. starts to kind of like distance himself from her a little bit. Okay. Which, um, or, or, and I hope this isn't the case yet, Baba has told him and then he's like, oh, crap, I don't know what to do and puts yeah. some, dist- put some distance between them. Um, because I'm trying to figure out the order of events. Like, it, you know um, – because the episode ends with Sarah Khan chasing after Celine, so right order of events for the fragment. Because obviously we know at some point they're going to be behind these curtains up in a secluded house, and it looks right. like a wonderful, lovely time. But it's like, is that the end of the episode? Is right. that like because they've been both been insecure about things, and so this is like them getting alone time where there's no Celine, there's no Fa, there's no anything. Um, there's another theory out there that someone wrote that was like. Um, well, what if like this was his setup because he thinks it's going to be their last time together because he's going to tell her everything after this, like because he knows about her parents, like. Um, I, and, and you know what? I could see Sarkhan thinking that way, mm-hmm. that like his logic taking yep. him to a place like that mm-hmm. where he's thinking, okay, I'm going to take advantage and mm-hmm. have this time with her while I still can mm-hmm. and enjoy her. And then because she's going to hate me after I tell her everything. Right. So – or it could – yeah, or he doesn't know yet. I'm still holding out, again, that like Baba doesn't tell him till the end of 14 and then we spend all of 15 with him agonizing over it. And then the end of 15 is either him finally telling her or, God forbid, she just finds out from someone like F.A. or Ferit. Um, I really hope she doesn't find out from someone other than Sarkhan. I completely agree. That, in, unless they're finding out together for the first time. Like, right. But, right. yeah. I, um, like, I do not want that to happen. Me either. If there is a reverse wish that I can have, it's uh-huh. that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because, so, no, 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 no. Yeah, because we have a lot of jealousy, like I said, and insecurity in these fragments. But then we have that very sweet swept away they're getting their alone time so but like i said i don't really know the order of events and how that's going to play out so it could it could make that scene mean two very different things yeah so anyways yeah so Um, i mean as mm -hmm. i as hans landa said she got what she deserved yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes yes um and then before we uh finish up i mean i'm just gonna read our we've spoken about her before on our bayanlish episodes but apple Rofa. Um, oh. She is also in the Senchal Kapama group. And she oh. had some theories. And this one's very spirally, but it was very interesting. So I was like, can I share this? Okay. She was so sweet. She was like, oh my gosh, are you one of the Dizzy for Dizzy girls? Oh, how sweet. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, because I was like, can would you mind if we shared this on our podcast? Like, and she was like, Oh, are you one of the Dizzy for Dizzy girls? I didn't know you were in here. Um, and she was like, Yes, of course. So she said, I had some bedtime theories. Um, this was the night after the episode aired, or the night of the episode airing. She said, so I spiraled, hear me out. Alp Tekin, Celine's father, and Khan's dad all worked together way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Khan's dad knows Farid's father. Farid's dad currently has his own hotel chain business, but what happens if he didn't start off as that? What happens if he started off as an ambitious young dude who wanted to get into vacation homes before the hotel business? Hmm. Khan's dad told Alptekin that it was a good idea for Farid's dad to take over the construction of those summer houses. So we're wondering if what if this Kadir guy is like Farid's dad, basically, mm. like oh, in an alternate universe? Because, I mean, 
who we we don't all we know is that he like owned these hotel chains um but we've never met this guy huh the only, now granted this was before the, i believe this was before um um this must have been before this episode maybe this was after episode 11 Oh, okay. Maybe she – I'll finish sharing the theory because I'm like, I guess the whole Kadir thing kind of negates that, but I still want to share it because um, it was a cool theory. So she says, uh, uses Farid's dad to take over the construction of those summer houses before they were busy and Alptekin's company was super busy. Alptekin, trusting Khan's father, let Farid's dad take over. Alptekin was so busy, he did not know who this young man – who was – who this young subcontractor was. He had never met him. He let – so he let Khan's dad take care of all of that. Next thing you know, the yield is his die. All goes to hell in a handbasket for Khan's dad and Alptekin. Alptekin did whatever it took to bury this in the past. He let the lawyers handle it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he fires Khan's dad and they go bankrupt. Farid's dad somehow either rebuilds his brand or changes his name. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, hmm. He opens up a huge hotel business and kept in touch with Khan's father over the years. Khan and Ferit eventually meet when they're older and become friends. Ferit has always known about um, – and then basically this theory follows Ferit having always known about what Alptekin had done. Oh. And then sought revenge, hence coming and trying to wiggle his way into the holding. She's and like, then I, using F.A. as a pawn, uh-huh. potentially. So hmm. she's like, I told y'all I spiraled. Now, <laughs> a, now a few things, because now we've met Kadir Bey, who is clearly not Federit's dad because this man right. was in jail. He doesn't have any money. Um, that can't totally play out. But I still am here for the way Khan's dad had to have played a role in that. Yeah. Um, and they're falling out. So anyways, yeah. Apple, thank you for that theory. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So anyhow, um, what do you think too? I was gonna ask you with the whole like Idon maybe thinking she's here for revenge. It I feel like if that was like a more of a one off thought, like you said, where she doesn't actually believe that come next episode. Um, but if she does, do you think there's a chance that Sarah Khan would think that if that idea is planted into his head? Or do you think he'll be like, there's no way she doesn't know this? Like, I think he'll say there's no way. That's because, what I think too. Because if she were there for revenge, she would have already played a part in the whole copyright thing with the chandeliers. Oh. That would not have been her she like she would have actually had something to do with that yeah because what a prime opportunity to sabotage him yeah and company and she would not have tried to end their fake engagement over and over and over again you're right he has had way more interaction and time with Ida than okay i don't has okay so i don't think he would believe that in a second that's what I, yeah that's what i feel too i don't think it'll be a whole like you came in i think he's just gonna feel so guilty and bad that it wouldn't even occur to him to be like, I bet you came here for revenge and to hurt me. Like, right. yeah. Okay. I think that too. But I was just like, oh, but how untrusting he was in episode, what was that, seven or eight? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I could yeah. see him jumping to a conclusion like that maybe back then. Right. Um, but, but yeah. But now after everything mm-hmm. and how he was like, this isn't a you problem, it's a me problem. Yeah. I don't think he would go back to that place. Okay. Well, good, because I don't either. So, yeah. Anyhow, so, all right, you guys, that is our um, very in depth, deep dive <laughs> squeal fest for volume 12. Um, and predicting what's going to happen when the next episode airs tomorrow by the time you guys are hearing this. So, anyhow, um, do you have any thoughts or theories or predictions for the next couple of episodes? Uh, I'd love to hear about them. You can 
tell us. Uh, shoot us a tweet on Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can uh, comment on any of our episode posts. Um, all the links to our social medias I always have in the episode notes. You can find them there along with our Senchal Kapama Spotify playlist. Uh, that's updated every week. I add any music that is available um, from the show. I upload it onto that Spotify list along with our most recent Senchal Kapama episode. So all that stuff's in the links. Um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for always reaching out and sending us wonderful, encouraging messages. Um, we just, we, we read each and every one of them and we really, truly, it blows our minds and we appreciate just how many people hang out with us every week all over the world. So yeah. Yep. So until next time, good or shit is. Host to call.